Blog Talk Radio. Like that premises too, 
But to me, what I hate about these type of shows, except for Wayward Pines, Wayward Pines did not take long to tell you the background of the show. Uh, what like it was? I think it was supposed to be some sort of um, uh, something happened on Earth. They got stuck in this, you know, and they couldn't go out further. So they thought, or whatever, needs certain people have been bound to this town to save the town. But we're from you. It's people who who like they drove into a place and they couldn't get out, right? So it's, but it's taking too long for them to tell me why. Like, tell me what's going on. Like, like, I mean, you can tell the background of something and the history of something without solving the puzzle right away. So I feel like they haven't done that yet. So I'm watching that. That's what I've been watching. I've been watching from. That's one of my TV shows. Of course y'all know I have been watching The Idol, right? Oh, my God. The Idol, to me, got better. There, I, y'all hate the idol, but I love the idol. Some of y'all hate it out there, but I actually uh, uh, really like it. And let me see, I'm trying to pull up for y'all, like what they talked about this week. Okay, um, it was really good. Okay, uh, the idol. Let me see if they have the. There was a part. Okay, so this week um, with the idol. Okay, so. This week, you know, your guy has moved in, um, uh, your Tedros guy, who is uh, this character. He's moved in on Jocelyn. He's kind of taken over her thing. Um, it's 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 a lot of um, sex again, and he's really kind of seducing Jocelyn with the sex. I actually understand what they're trying to do here. I don't know why people, maybe it's just me, I don't know. But I get it, um, and he's starting to really take over her life in terms of music. But listen, here's the thing. What I thought was was interesting about uh, the idol. Um, I thought the, uh, the interesting part was, uh, let me see, I'm trying to find... Um, this part I want y'all to hear dinner. Oh God, do I count it up? It's the dinner scene in Idol because I mean, I feel like we talked about last week. We talked about I talked about a couple of weeks or last week or a couple of weeks ago. I talked about when Deans uh, and Idris. I don't know if I said his name right. Uh, talked about that he uh, he felt like he was you know he had to channel the devil to play Franklin Saint. And I said, hey, you didn't really channel the devil. You channeled legions or something like that because the devil likes to play, uh, uh, likes to be uh, pretty. He likes good. <laughs> Even though the devil's evil, he, he usually comes as the angel of light and stuff like that. He, he doesn't usually like to come in his form, right? So I thought this, it was a wonderful uh, 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 scene at the dinner table in Idol this week. Oh, my God, I don't even know if I can... Like if I, I if anybody has it, I don't know. Okay, this is loud. Sorry, you guys. Um, I don't even know if I have. I can I can pull it up. But he's at the dinner table and he's talking to her because all the things, um, all the things that have happened in her life, losing her mother and stuff. We you know we get more of a background about Jocelyn and why she's distracted and why she's uh, so messed up, you know, 
with the music business. We find that her her mother is was abusive, and that was part of the way she got Jocelyn uh, to focus on her craft is by, you know, usually beating her. And who brings this out at the dinner table? Tedros, okay? Now, Tedros plays this dark character, but he has to, listen, that's why I always tell people, the devil come with truth, but it's the tip. Like my, my preacher, old preacher used to say at, at, down when I went to, uh, when I went to ORU, I used to go to this church, and he said, no, what's that? When are you? It was the old preacher when I, my old preacher from my hometown, and he used to say it's 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 uh he said it's the uh, in rat poison it's the ten percent ten percent strychnine that'll kill you, not the ninety percent of the rest of it, <laughs> and that's what it is about this Tedros character. So he comes in, he's t- he's saying good things, like he's asking, he's getting to the root of what is really wrong with her. What is really going on? And he's so highly manipulative. I wish I had that uh, uh, that the dinner scene from Idol. It's just such a good scene, I think. But um, and I just can't find it. I'm trying to find that dinner scene. Oh, I think I may have it. I don't know. Let me see. Do we have? It? I don't think I have it. Okay. Man, I don't know where the dinner scene is. I hate that I don't have the dinner scene. Okay, but. Uh, during this, but during this scene, he's like, you know, he's asking her hard questions, right? And some of it's true, you know, like you know, but it's 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 the highly manipulative way he gets her to surrender herself and do everything. So it reminded me of this scene that I saw in the Idol this week. Reminded me of in the Bible where Jesus has is been out in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, and he goes to be tempted by the devil, and the devil's like, okay, you know what, I know you're hungry out in these streets, Jesus, okay? So, you know, if you do this, I, you know, I'll give you some bread, you know, I'll give you something, you can have all the food you want or whatever. And Jesus is like, it, you know, it's written, man cannot live by bread alone, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he's like, well, you know what, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world and everything if you just throw yourself off this rock and let the angels catch you. Because the angels, you're supposed, you're supposed to be uh, God in here, uh, uh, uh uh, you supposed to be God on earth, right? So the angel's going to come get you if you jump yourself off this rock. And Jesus is like, it's written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You know, exactly. You shouldn't tempt God. I mean, he was just, so, like, he, it wasn't that he wasn't saying anything that wasn't true to him. It was just the motive and the trick behind it. And so that's why I love this week, the scene in Idol. I thought it was so powerful. It was such a manipulative scene for her and for this celebrity who is going through all this stuff, and yet she's going through abuse, and she's lost her biggest motivation, who was not just the motivation in terms of in her life, in terms of, you know, her career, but she was a motivation in terms of she had to abuse her to motivate her. So it so in this scene you see like Tedros, which is played by the weekend. 
he he has all his homies because everybody comes in and he's like, well, we don't share, we don't do anything that we don't share with each other. He's like a cult leader, kind of like you know what I'm saying. He brings them all around the table and he gets tells Joshua to bring her mom's brush. And at the end of the scene, he's spanking her and like telling her, let you know, let it wash all over her and let it this and that. Oh my God, it's so the idol is so dark and crazy, but it's really psychologically deep in some ways to me, okay? I know y'all, some of y'all don't like it, but I thought the dinner scene was very good, very interesting. I wish I had audio. I, I'm looking on here, y'all, for the audio. Uh, let me see if they can, somebody got it. I'm trying to see if somebody, because usually somebody, you know, they be having it out in the streets. But I can't, uh, I don't know, usually sometimes people have it up. But child, okay, if y'all get a chance to watch Idol, watch that, particularly the dinner scene uh, part, I thought it was pretty good, okay? Uh, very good. I thought it was very really interesting. And I thought and I thought it was a great way to um, sum up what we, oh, wait a minute, there, they, I think somebody does have it. Okay. Uh, let me see if we got it. Do we have it? Y'all know I be being mad because I be thinking I have it. Let me see. Is this the one? Okay, I'm trying to find. Oh my god, I, there's so many good things because I like I like the lines. I really like the story of uh, the lines, but I'm trying to find it for y'all so we can do our end our review of of. This one, let me see. Is this the one? Man, I cannot find it. I'm finding all these other things except for uh, this this great scene, the dinner scene, and it just makes me bad. Okay, it's so good, but y'all got to look at, wait a minute, oh, the idol theory. The idol just released on Okay, somebody's saying it's Tedros the Devil. Oh, which is interesting. Some people are thinking, like, you know, that, you know how people have fans have theories and stuff like that. So uh, I want to hear that one because people are saying is that's one of the uh, theories out here. It's like maybe he's a picture of what uh, uh, the devil is. So there are some fans out here. I, I totally connected on understanding that scene has Tedros to me looked like what Satan would really look like. And I said, that's channeling the devil. <laughs> I mean, you don't got to channel the devil to play the devil. But to me, the in, the, the character of, of if you've ever seen one of my favorite scenes in the world, <laughs> I mean, in the movies, in movies, it's from The Devil's Advocate. And when he starts to tell him, you know, he starts to talk about uh, um, when he does the the thing at the end of the Devil's Advocate, you know, when he's trying to, when he's revealed to him um, uh, who he's uh, uh, who he is, and um, and he's telling him, uh, and he and he starts telling him about God and like why, uh, you know, he's like God is a prankster. God likes to watch. You know, and he and he starts going into all these things that you what makes you think, and then you know at the end he's like, "I'm a fan of man." Oh my God, it's crazy! He said, "I'm the only human that's left in this world." I mean, it's it's it's, it's Satan to perfection. That scene, <laughs> that scene is Satan to perfection. To me, the one of the great scenes 
that's one of the greatest things where someone has is is channeling what I feel is I mean not channeling but is embodying what I feel what Satan would be like. I don't ever look at Satan uh, has uh, come even though he's very evil. I don't look at him as coming in an evil. The Bible says he comes as an angel of light, right? He's never, he was an angel, right? He was a beautiful thing, right? You know what the Bible says? His body played music. He was able to fool, you know, the Bible says a third of heaven came, like like he tricked a third of the of the angels in heaven to roll with him, right? You know what I'm saying? So I never see this, that character has, uh, Satan has begun. Just evil, beguiling. He's always beautiful, and I kind of see Tedros has that on the idols. Tedros has this very beautiful, and he's a psychologist, and he's reading into Jocelyn, and he's, oh my! And I love the dinner scene. It was just I thought it was one of the, a great scene. Okay, so if you guys haven't seen. Um, the idol uh, this week, and you haven't got that dinner scene. I'm still trying to look, but y'all, y'all know me. I can't find it yet. Let me see the idol. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. Right? I'm gonna see if I can find one more time. Okay, because usually somebody has it, but let me see. Okay. Well, we'll look at. You know what? I'll tell you what. Let me see if there are, okay, they, in the rap, they have an article that I think is pretty good. It says, nine most shocking scenes from Idol episode thing, thing three, and it says, if there's one thing, this from the rap.com, it says, if there's one thing the Idol is known for by its third episode, it's shocking viewers with racy sex scenes filled with almost nude Lily Rose Depp, who plays rebounding pop star Jocelyn alongside arguably cringy, uh, lines from Abel, the weekend testify, who plays nightclub owner Tedros, okay? While uh, King's artists knew what to expect uh, from the first two episodes of the music drama Finds Premier at the festival, which debuted to scandalize reaction, the escalating events of, of episode three took many viewers by surprise. The Idol, which was co-created by testify, uh, Euphoria creator Sam Livingston. And listen, I don't believe, let me just say this. Cannes Film Festival and all these people who didn't see this show, these people, I, I just don't believe, I believe this show is getting canned because I told y'all, when I see a bunch of bad reviews like this and it's and I'm surprisingly liking the show, it reminded me of what happened at that NFL show years ago because it was too close to truth. And... I feel like this is so close to somewhat of what the music business can be like for people that they don't want this kind of stuff out. It's like too close. I mean, they do, they do a hell of a job of creating the atmosphere, in my personal opinion. But uh, it says seven most shocking moments from the um, uh, from this this tree is when Tedros he has sex with Jocelyn in a convertible while Leah Lee is driving. Tedros gets intimidated. By a Valentino retail associate, Tijo puts pressure on Jocelyn to fire her employee for commenting on her body. Tijo pleasures himself in the Valentino store, and they said Jocelyn and Tijo. See, that's another thing Tijo does. He introduces her to like a new way of living, like a new life, a new thing, or something like that. In some ways, so 
and a very risque thing, okay? But it says, Diane takes center uh, stage, which is um, the girl who they, they're getting to uh, to kind of replace her. She doesn't know it. And um, and then Jocelyn reveals her mother's used her mother used used to abuse her using a hairbrush. Um, Tedros instructs Jocelyn to get the hairbrush and used it on her. After hearing Jocelyn's heartbreaking story that brought many of their friends to tears, Tedros tells Jocelyn to go get the hairbrush, assuring her that working through the pain will lead to a better end result. While Livingston and Testaface Testa spared us from fully experiencing what happened, it's clear Tedros used the hairbrush in a similar manner as his mother before eventually bathing Jocelyn. By the end, Jocelyn whispers the most shocking words we, we could expect after the scene. Thank you for taking care of me. Okay, so listen, that's why I'm saying it's such, it was such a he what he got her to do at that table. I wish I had the scene. What he got her to do at that dinner table was to uh, expose herself to him in such a way that he now knows her motivations. He now knows... Uh, through sexual, uh, he he knows that that when he experiences sex with her, he's not only just experiencing a sexual uh, 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 um, like free energy, but he's also experiencing a woman with lots of sexual trauma. And I don't think Tedros is there to heal. It seems like it, but I think Tedros by the end of this is going to inflict more trauma and damage to this character, Jocelyn, than we could ever imagine, okay? So, uh, yeah, y'all got to watch it, The Idol. Um, that's my take on it for this week and for, you know, for three, okay? I like The Idol. Y'all don't care what y'all say. I think it's really good. I think they did a hell of a job, my damn, damn self, okay? All right. All right. It is Juneteenth today, so everybody is celebrating uh, Juneteenth. Juneteenth became an national holiday a few what years back. I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas City. Kansas City was the second largest for years, the second largest Juneteenth celebration in the United States. It wasn't hard. This was probably only people, Texas and Kansas City and <laughs> a few other places celebrated Juneteenth, right? And Juneteenth in Kansas City used to always be big. They used to have it down 18 to 9. They have concerts, all kind of stuff. Because it celebrated not just the end of slavery, you know, but from Galveston, Texas, but celebrating the end of slavery just period, okay? But I, I, I'm going to have to tell y'all, my personal opinion now is that, and this, here's the thing. I think sometimes when people listen to this show, they think, Carlotta, are you anti-globalist? And I'm like, no, I'm not anti-globalist when, uh, when I'm not anti-globalist when each person can hold their own sovereignty, when each group can hold their own uh, sense of worth and sense of being, and people celebrate groups and ethnicities and cultures um, uh, individually and together. You know what I'm saying? However, to me, globalism today has become such a thing that it's become an erasure to some cultures. And whereas first, you know, America was used in the forefront to bring, like America had Hollywood, and like I always tell this story on here, black Americans and the way that we lived, the 
mean there wasn't other groups here, but it's just the black American and our culture. A lot of groups immersed, even if you were part of the diaspora and you were here post-1965, most people, most black Amer- most black people from the diaspora immersed themselves in black American culture because it was the dominant culture, right? And that culture, black America went out throughout the airwaves and a lot of people admired the black American lifestyle throughout the diaspora. That is facts, okay? No matter what y'all try to lie down days and say or whatever. And I've talked about this several times on here. However, we've stepped into this new age of what I call globalism. And what with globalism comes so many things, okay? But it's also an erasure. It tries to erase sovereignty in countries and in uh and in somewhat sometimes in selling culture, and you can kind of see that happening a lot because a lot of corporations are into this because they want more customers and consumers. So what we're seeing is an erasure. Like Juneteenth is becoming not a celebration of Black American culture and what Black American, the Black American slave went through and stuff like that. It is now becoming uh, a something else like commercials all kinds of like i saw the most ridiculous thing just now and i knew it i said to my husband i was talking to him and i said he that we, I, they were showing beyonce you know talking about she she is juneteenth be in honor of juneteenth i wore all black designers um she wore all black designers uh um in honor of juneteenth okay now Juneteenth is about the black American slave experience. Okay, and so it is about black Americans and 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 the and culturally black traditional Americas, ADOS, whatever you want to call it, FBA, whatever, okay? This is from RonsonSnitch.com. It says, Houston native Beyonce say honors Juneteenth by wearing all black designers for her show in Amsterdam. Now, I said to my husband, I said, you know what, I bet they're, I bet none of them are American. <laughs> and he's like, what? I was like, I bet. He's like, nah, surely, because you know it's a black American. I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I know because I know how the way this thing is spinning. <clears throat> okay, this is a, from Beyonce, and on our Juneteenth, everything I wore for Renaissance World Two tonight was created exclusively for by black designers. Okay, what does that mean? Because you're celebrating something that happened to African Americans. Slavery happened throughout the diaspora, but specific, we're celebrating Juneteenth, and we're celebrating the black American experience and freedom from slavery. And the black American experience was very different from other uh, the slave trade experiences, okay? And America was introduced race and all kind of other things, okay? And it, it, it was hard. So a lot of times I think a lot of these celebrities, they're so slow, and they, no offense to them, they're behind because they don't, they, they, like I say, a lot of them reside in bubbles. So And they reside, they hear everything in terms of what the Democratic Party, who is the big party nowadays, you know, through, through a lot of black people work through, tells them what's going on politically, right? And so as I looked, you know, at the designers, somebody put one of this is from BZ fan account. It says Beyonce and custom Phoebean to honor Juneteenth by wearing all black designers 
at the Renaissance World Tour in Amsterdam on 61823. Black people, black celebrities, when I really get through, I'm just, oh, God, I want them to be smart, but some of them are not. And I'm not saying Beyonce is not. It's just like they don't think. Like they, they, I don't blame Beyonce. I blame her team because she's too busy dancing and singing to see what the fuck is like. Don't it don't make no sense what she's doing. And it didn't make no sense for a lot of us as Black America to be doing this either because we 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 didn't have an understanding uh, has of our. We wanted Black America wanted it so bad at one time to do Pan Africanism, connect to Africa in some ways. And we didn't understand truly what Africa was. Africa's 59 countries, very all very different. Um, and and how they think of us, which is very different. They don't think of us. They don't see most of them don't see us as Africans. You know what I'm saying? You're American, even though you're from your people came from that continent continent somewhere. You have evolved into something else. You've been away for centuries. So, Fabian um, is an Ethiopian heritage, born in North Korea, and grew up in refugee camps in Sweden, and is now making her mark on London fashion. So, I, I, I want to get this. So the continent where the slave trade, who participated in the slave trade, okay, because Africans participated. Let's get real. Africans participated in the slave trade. You are grabbing designers, and there's nothing with honoring black people around the world, okay? But I'm just trying to get this. You're, this is a, We're talking about the black African-American slave trade and what happened in the slave trade. You're not finding black designers in America who are who have the history of slavery in America. You're going to Ethiopia Africans who were a part of the slave trade. Not all Ethiopia, not everybody, but a lot of Africans. Different ones are part of the slave trade. And you're, that's who you are saying, this is how I'm celebrating Juneteenth, by wearing this designer. And just because the designer is black, it has nothing to do with the lineage of Juneteenth. And it has nothing to do with the struggle of black Americans. What are you doing? This is ridiculous. It's absolutely, I know, it's just like, okay, it's it, it, it just, I understand why I didn't don in her head, okay, because I get, I see Beyonce, Beyonce all over, I don't know where she at, I don't even know she there at Renaissance, Beyonce, Beyonce you at Renaissance, because every time I see her, I mean, she look like she there, but she kind of look like she not, that's why Blue Ivy out there dancing, she's trying to take up some slack, shout out to Blue Ivy. In her clothes, she seamlessly blends terror cards imagery over text, as if torn from the story of the eye by George Batille and Greek mythological, mythological figures with the works of Salvador Dali. Phoebean on being a black woman in fashion. Has an Ethiopian woman who grew up in Sweden. 
it is always going to be political for me to be in in a room because I'm a black woman. I feel obliged to speak on things. Otherwise, things will never change. Her experience is nothing like the black American. Beyonce, are you and your people crazy? This has nothing to do with Juneteenth. An Ethiopian woman does not have the same experience as black American women. Are the black they don't even have the history of slavery. Some in Africa do, but it was in on continent slavery. Are you serious? This has nothing to do with Juneteenth. What is we talking you talking about you're honoring Juneteenth? How are you honoring honoring Juneteenth? You're not honoring that's not a black designer. That's not a black American designer. That's not a foundational black American designer. But you guys are trying to sell globalism, and you're trying to check. Pretty soon we're not going to even know the meaning of Juneteenth. Pretty soon Juneteenth is going to be an opportunity. People are going to be saying, it's black businesses all down here, and you ain't going to, you ain't going to see, you're not going to see black Americans to see how far they come from. You're going to look, it's going to be other lineages there. It's nothing wrong with that, but it's going to be them representing, and it's going to be like, look how far black people have come. But it wasn't all black people enslaved in America. The story of America in the diaspora, in this part of the diaspora, is the story of foundational black American or Adidas American descendants of slaves. Child, I don't know because I don't, I don't want to be offending nobody, so I just say all y'all, all y'all names y'all give. Foundation, I say traditional black America is the story of traditional black America. And it's a story that shouldn't be uh, forgotten. And it's a, it's a story that shouldn't be merged with anybody else. I wouldn't dare uh, merge, like I always talk about Haiti, I wouldn't dare merge the Haiti, 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 uh, them becoming the first black republic and merge that celebration with other people, sprinkle, sprinkling other people's stuff on it and, and ignoring the people who did it. That's right. That's crazy. This is nutty. It is black Americans are being ate off of and merged into only for other people to separate when they're good to do it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, I'm black. I'm We all black. We all black. But then next thing you know, you see them waving their other country flags when they want to be separate or when they want to move in a different direction. It's, it's And here's Beyonce, a black American, thinking she's celebrating Juneteenth by wearing an Ethiopian woman's clothes. Bodysuit 
by O. Rothstein for I'm That Girl to celebrate Juneteenth during last night's performance, wearing exclusively all-black designers at Renaissance World Tour. Okay. Uh, Beyonce in custom at Off-White by Kamara, inspired by FW23 collection, Lunar Delivery, conceptualized through his take of intergalactic tribal and design at the Renaissance World Tour in Amsterdam last night. Okay, uh, let's see. Who is this style by? Um, style by Shanat T. Let's see. This is a different one. Okay. Shanara Tarini who is not black American, again, another person, not black American. She's celebrating Juneteenth. I don't believe this is uh no. but Okay, see see what I'm talking about? That's why y'all got to look closer, okay? Because these people, it be trying to show us. Cause it, it, <laughs> because it's important. You say, well, we're all black, Carlotta. I don't understand the thing. No, because this is your experience in America. Ethiopians have a very different experience in the world with race and things than the black American does. And the black American has experienced slavery and Jim Crow and all kinds of things. So our lineage is different from an Ethiopian's, and when you're talking about celebrating the freedom of black Americans from black American slavery, I find it strange that you're going to get people from the from a continent that helped enslave black black Americans instead of going to black American designers and say, okay, this is time for me to use some black American designers and show the works of the people the 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 lineage in the group I grew up with. It's just wild to me that that there she is she's saying she's honoring Juneteenth. And she's using mostly non-black American designers. She's not honoring Juneteenth. If it was global black American black black people day, then I'd say okay, okay, she owns some black, you know, different people. But this is she's saying she's honoring Juneteenth. This is why this is why I was crazy. Okay, so let me get this other or designer up she because I want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. The ones they were saying. Beyonce in custom at Ferragamo flagship red dress by Maximilian Davis to open Renaissance World Tour in Amsterdam last night to honor Juneteenth wearing all bag designers. Okay, again, uh, again, it's a Shanoa T. Uh, so uh, it looks like she, she, uh, the only black designer that was there was her old tired black uh, Ivy Park, which was her. <laughs> Okay, listen, that's crazy, Beyonce. It's, it's, it's crazy. You're not celebrating Juneteenth. And celebrities, please get this. Juneteenth, it's, it's, it's the black American experience and it's the black American story. And you honor uh, the heritage by wearing black American designers to show our story and how far we've come. It's no offense to anybody else in the diaspora, but it just doesn't make sense that you're telling me you're honoring Juneteenth by having on somebody's outfit that isn't even a part of the heritage of Juneteenth. 
That's ridiculous. That's dumb. That's like if you got out there and said, I'm honoring Juneteenth, and you got on, like, white designers. Man, people are like, okay, well, wait a minute. What does that say about our lineage? The diaspora is the same thing. Because these are people who are, you're talking about a black American holiday that that celebrates the freedom of the black American slaves from slavery, and you're wearing designers from all over the globe except for black America. (laughs) Wow. I don't get it. I don't get it. Sorry, y'all. Don't. Ridiculous, and that's so. This is the part of globalism. It's almost an erasure. It's almost this idea of what I call um, putting black face in front, but to the, to hide the to hide the problems of Black America. It's like okay, we're gonna put up any face to show any, just as long as it's black face to show that black people in America are making it look. Here's, look, I got an Ethiopian designer. See, we look how far black people come. But it's not about black people throughout the diaspora. It's about black people in America, specifically black people in America, because black people in America had an experience. The world got to see and experience the civil rights movement. And they were looking at the story of black America who had been on the stall for centuries and centuries, who had been mistreated, who had families on the soil and stuff like that. We are not talking about uh, 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 Ethiopia or, or the Caribbean or anything. We're talking about the black American experience, and you're wearing uh, 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 African designers to show Oh, look, I'm honoring Juneteenth. How? This shouldn't even make no sense to you and your people. Your people stupid. Y'all, what is y'all doing? Nobody else will notice it, but I just wanted to tell it because I, I a lot of times black people be like, oh, that's African. But we, sometimes we as black, black Americans don't connect it because we've been so welcoming to other people. We haven't set boundaries about our experience and our lineage. And so what you'll have in black America sometimes, you'll have people on television and they'll be talking about the black American experience and you'll be sitting there like, that don't sound right, that kind of sounds strange or whatever. And then you look at their background and you'll be like, oh, wait a minute, they ain't from, they not from, they not, they, they family only been here a generation or two generations, but they only are talking about the black American experience as if it is theirs. Like if I go over to uh, Haiti and start talking about the Haitians, but I'm like, we, when we, 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 uh, when we went in the republic, you know, when we formed the first black republic, and I'm starting, and black Americans coming over, this is to say it's a bunch of black Americans moving to Haiti, and we all of a sudden starting just to, to cover, we all of a sudden to take over. We, and we, we start taking over the heritage like it's our heritage. Or we go to, we move to uh, uh, Jamaica and start taking over the culture like it's ours. That's crazy. <laughs> Only we let that happen. So we have we be at a disconnect. It be people talking about an experience that they don't really know much about. Or they don't understand, or they only understand from a pers- from a perspective of living in America and knowing Black Americans from a distance, 
or maybe going to visit their houses every now and then or something like that. But it's, it's, it's just not the same. And I just hate this because I, I'm like, what? You did not get it tonight? Who, who in your, which one of your people did not get that you should have had a black designer, a black American designer, and that's all you should have had for that particular date? Crazy. If you was going to call yourself celebrate, that's wild. <laughs> all right, so I had to say something about that because I just felt like, you know, I don't mind. It's nothing wrong with people from the diaspora and all of us coming together to celebrate and love the moment of love on uh, moments from black America. There are uh, certain celebrations black people like to participate that happen in the Caribbean. Like, you know, people like to participate in Carnival and all kind of stuff. It's, but it's your celebration. I respect that. Okay? Or people like to celebrate, uh, uh, you know, certain things that happen or something like that. Get it. Nothing wrong with the black, other black people celebrating what has happened in black America. But there is a problem when we act like we are that and we're not. <laughs> wow, it starts to be crazy, okay? So, uh, yeah, I, I just, it ticked me off, okay? Okay, and then also uh, something else I saw here about Juneteenth and I wanted to talk about. Um, oh my god It was really something I saw And I was like you know what That is crazy um, Must it just be Beyonce uh, It is um, Oh it's Candace Owens Okay Candace Owens Another person who is from Candace Owens is from uh, the Virgin Islands, which is a black American, I mean, which is a, I mean, American territory, because remember, America has two territories, Puerto Rico and uh, uh, the Virgin Islands, but it is not, you know, considered inland America, you know what I'm saying, okay? So Candace is a career, as a person of, you know, of, uh, like, what people would probably consider Caribbean descent, okay? So... Candace Owens always acts, she, she has a vitriol, and even though, listen, most black people agree with Candace on some things she says. It's not like Candace don't be saying some things where we be like, all right, baby, you know, I can get with that, I don't like you, but I can get with that, because you don't got no empathy or sympathy. It's like somebody telling you something, but they being mean about it and stuff like that, and are, are trying to down you or something. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have any points every now and then, but sometimes... This chick is just hateful and ugly, and she's so busy uh, trying to um, plead her. Uh, her she's so busy trying to please the racist in America. You know what I'm saying? It's just really crazy. She's uh, it's 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 nuts. But she said today. Juneteenth, listen to her, is still ghetto and made up. Hope everyone enjoys it. First of all, she says it's ghetto. I, I hate, you know, sometimes even with, listen, I hate when people sometimes say stuff that cost up ghetto and they don't really understand what, because there were certain, listen, growing up in the hood in the 70s and the 80s, it was some beautiful things about the ghetto, Okay. 
So sometimes y'all be seeing shit that's ghetto. I would be like, what? What are you trying to say here? What's, it was some beautiful stuff about the ghetto. I remember my family's having get-togethers and parties, and people uh, eating, uh, loving on each other. They didn't have much of money. People could be kids dancing, singing, being creative. It was one of our most creative times as black Americans, probably that's from that 1950s to early 90s. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I mean, it was a beautiful time to be black, especially in the 70s. And, hey, oh, my God, ain't nothing like it. Oh, Lord, I said black Americans. We was at our peak. <laughs> I mean, I wish we could get, I mean, I wish it was, we was as beautiful as we were and creative. And, and it was a lot of, it was a lot more of a harder time. But, oh, my God, it was a more, it was beautiful. Like, except until that crack bomb went out. You know, that crack bomb. Ooh, they got us with that crack bomb. But listen, but it was just a beautiful, beautiful time in black America. I mean, when I, I can remember, like, my great-grandparents and, and people, and you having, people having get-togethers and barbecue, people having, hanging out, my grandparents on my dad's side. I can remember people, everybody having parties and talking. I mean, it, it was just a different, playing music, oh, cross-generational. People had regular phones. The phone was ringing. The phone was busy. <laughs> you couldn't talk to somebody. The phone was busy. <laughs> oh, it was a different time. Cartoons would come on Saturday morning. Grown folks would tell you to go in the kids and go over there to kids stuff. You get to play. I mean, child, it was a whole nother time. It was just a beautiful. Oh my god, I miss it. Okay, so that's what she mean by ghetto. Okay, it was, girl, that was beautiful, okay? And I love what Yvette Cornell said to her on Twitter. She said, all holidays are made up. We create them as a way of honoring our values, heritage, and creating community. You think all conservatives would love a holiday based on freedom and liberty. You'd be wrong. Okay, shout out to Yvette Cornell because Yvette was on there. Yvette was on there, okay? And that's true. Oh, what are you talking about? Christmas is made up, girl. And the situation wasn't made up. That actually happened, okay? In 18, and, and some people would say slavery went on longer than 1865 because of the situation of black people not having nowhere to go, not having no money, sometimes being hired back as sharecroppers for little people, pennies on the dollar, for not hardly getting, they still wouldn't get paid. Some people still had to live on the slave quarters and stuff because they had nowhere to go. So shut up, girl. Shut up, dummy. And she know that. She ain't really a dummy. She just like to act like she a clown every now and then. She like to act like a clown for the conservatives over there that feed her the bull crap. Like Trump eventually even put her out at one time. You know, he didn't even want to do He was like, mm-mm. But she be over there just a, a, a puppeteering and doing all kind of dumb stuff, okay? So this girl, so I don't pay no attention, okay? Even though I like some of the things she may say every now and then, she meant some things she say is smart. But she got such hatred and vitriol for black American people that, you know, I'm just like, girl, you, it's, you, we could stomach you if you had care, if you had love, if you, like, if you had some empathy and some sympathy. She said horrible things about black Americans, too. This is a horrible chick. I just, ugh. This makes me mad. And there's some things I like about Candace. I put up some things that Candace has said. I even, I even follow Candace sometimes. I'm not against people who have a different different idea than me. Okay? So, it's just, but it's just the, the ugliness of her. She's ugly. 
her attitude, her energy is, not her face, her her energy and how she expects to win. You can't expect to win nobody over with that with that kind of energy to to conservatism. You look like a clown. It's just ridiculous, okay? So those are some of the things I wanted to get out the way, child, okay? Okay, so before I get that out the way, let me say this, okay? When I come back, we're going to get on, we're going to start talking about Kamara and them. We're going to talk about Kamara, Russell Simmons, just kids, being a boy. They was all on the Internet today, child. <laughs> they was having a family drama, okay? I mean, I don't know what's going on. All the moguls having family drama. Because remember a couple of weeks ago, Diddy had the family drama, and Misa came for him, okay, okay? And Kamara said, are we doing this? So Kamara was probably when she was saying, "Are we doing this to Miser?" She probably, I mean, she probably was saying, "I can let me get in on my my mogul, okay?" Okay, so I was on today. I was on one of my favorite shows on YouTube. I went to, on there to talk on a panel. Sherelle, uh, I love Sherelle's world. She's one of my favorite shows, and she had a panel up. And I just people think people think forget. A lot of people were getting angry about Russell and saying some people were on Kamara Russell's side, some people were on Kamara's side. But a lot of people were getting angry about Russell. People can't seem to separate Russell's alleged charges. Remember, we joke about him on, we joke about, we were joking about Russell for years in Bally. Remember when I told R. Kelly you need to go to Bally? Get your ticket to Bally going. <laughs> right? It's a, it, people are angry about accusations that Russell had, and people can't seem to separate them. Also, people were talking about Russell dating Kamara when she was 17 and Russell was 35. And one of the things I said on this show is that people forget about the 90s because a lot of people, you know, people forget about the t- America, period, how America rose in, for many years, okay, in many centuries. And I'm going to repeat this again when I start to talk about this story. But in the 1930s, 1930s, 1940s, when my grandmother was coming up, it was nothing for, and I'm not a, listen, I'm not okaying pedophilia. I'm not okaying old men and dating young women or old women dating young men, okay? I'm just telling you what the time was like. In the 1950s and 40s and stuff, it was nothing for a young girl, 14, 13, 15 years old, to marry an old man uh, her family to marry off to an old man with a farm and stuff like that. No, that's that's real shit, real talk, okay? That was happening all the time. Because at 14 in the 1950s, you was like a 25-year-old. Your life expectancy was running fast at those times. At those times, remember, we also didn't have child labor laws. Remember, a lot of kids was working outside the home, working hard labor. That's why as we evolved as a, as a people in America, we put up child labor laws, and then we started evolving with children and saying, oh, maybe it ain't so good for a 14-year-old to be out here married to a 30-some-year-old at that time. But we can't get angry at the people in that time space because in that time space, people thought that might have been okay. Even though it was creepy, some people thought it was creepy, but they still did it a lot. Remember, even Elvis Presley, uh, creepy, was had uh, Priscilla Presley living with him at 13. Okay, I'll let you. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what this is. And people didn't make a big deal out of it. Now I talk about the 90s. The 90s, the 80s and the 90s was such a different time, okay, because it was the introduction of the crack era, and people forget, tend to forget how crazy the crack era was, okay? If you was 15 in the crack era, you was 19 in your head. Okay, I, I've been talked about this 
some salt. Because you had to, if you, especially was in them urban cities and them urban places. Because I remember being a young girl having, even being a part of my good girl little crowd, we still had to know the streets. Because we had to walk to school. We had to walk through some shit. We had to walk through some crazy people. We had to know some, what, some of the crazy people in the hood and stuff like that. You had to be street smart. Okay? And that required you to be older in your mind, in your head. And then you saw, you were seeing all kinds of stuff, people getting shot, cracked people, crackheads walking down the street. If you lived in urban areas in the 80s and stuff like that, you saw your neighborhoods change overnight. Not that it wasn't some stuff going on before in the black neighborhoods, but overnight across America, urban places became even more crazy. And young people were growing up faster. And in that coming age was the age of hip-hop, okay? And during that time, I, even I was hanging around, I, when rappers were coming to town, I'd meet rappers and all kind of stuff like that. And I'm going to tell you, it was tons of young women around. Remember, Belle Bill DeVoe even had a song. Remember the song, Backstage, Underage, Adolescence. How you doing? Hi, she replied, I like to do the wild thing. Uh, listen, honey, it's a lot of, even rock and rollers was talking about underage girls back in those days, okay, because it was a different time. It wasn't right. It was creepy, but it was a little bit more acceptable. I used to see girls, I remember when I was in high school, I used to know girls be 16 years old and 17 years old. Mama might have been strung out on some stuff or whatever like that. They're like, girl, shoot. I, this girl, this is the bus driver like me, girl, is driving a bus out there. I'm like, girl, he's about 25. Yeah, girl, but I'm about to run this in. You know what I'm saying? These girls were 16, but in their head, they were 20. I'm just telling I told y'all this before. The crack era was a different time. I'm not saying it was right. I'm saying what it was. And so a lot of people got away with a lot of stuff, including Russell Dayton Kamara. Kamara was on TV. Everybody knew Russell was around there with Kamara. See, Lisa, Kamara used to host that hip-hop show. Child, y'all better stop it. Everybody knew. Okay, and it wasn't really, everybody's like, eh, yeah, it's kind of bad. But 17 is legal in most states. I want to remind y'all that. Okay. Oh, yes, it is. And 16, too, in some states. In New York, they would have considered, it wasn't it probably inappropriate, but they consider Camorra 17 legal. Okay, I'm telling y'all, we be lying. So that's the time Russell Simmons and the Kamora Lee Simmons was coming up. And I think Kamora, I don't know if Kamora was from St. Louis or something like that. And listen, you know that was a up. She was a model probably and seeing Russell. You know, Russell was running Def Jam, Chad and Sushi or something. Roger be trying to tell people about Aaliyah. I say it wasn't right for Aaliyah to be in them studios with R. Kelly by herself. But at her 15 was probably 19. Her 15 wasn't like your little girl's 15 that you might have had sheltered in the house and not doing much. Her 15, she was out there recording. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying she's doing a lot more things that adults do, and her grow up is fast. And it wasn't nobody to protect her from growing up fast, okay? So this is the time in which we talk about. So I want to get that straight before y'all start saying, well, Russell deserved it because Russell's a pedophile. That was, the, that was somewhat of a, it was creepy, but it was happening a lot in the crack era. I remember old dudes used to be outside waiting for chicks in their cars after school. And these was girls who knew what they was doing. I'm just trying to tell you. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying what it was. It was a different time frame, okay? 
So when we get back, we're going to get into Kamarly. Because I had to get that straight because a lot of y'all, y'all getting confused about his family and talking about him. And I'm like, see, he's a, yeah, Russell is a this and that. He's a, he's a, he might be, I don't know, Russell probably was, make, Russell might have been horrible. Listen, I told y'all, I'm going to give y'all, I'm gonna tell, this is this all, I'm going to just say y'all. I told y'all about how when I used to go out, hang out, and stuff like that, try to meet rappers and stuff, how many of them was trying to talk to me when I was a young girl. And I told y'all about one specific person, okay? Big time rapper. I wouldn't ever say who. And they was a, all I say is group, part of a group. That's all y'all know. And I met a lot of rappers that was part of groups. But this is what I was just saying, tell y'all, okay? That time, it was like a wild crash, crap going on, okay? So that's what, and I just happen to be a young girl who has street smarts and knew, yeah, ain't no way, dude, I ain't interested in it whatsoever because I know how you roll out in these streets, okay? <laughs> so, so that's what, so, but it wouldn't be surprising to me that some of these dudes was hideous. However, Russell might have been hideous, but there's been no charges filed against Russell. And Russell might have ran to Bally because he saw what was happening with R. Kelly. Listen, he might have just said, "Hey, I, I ain't because you can, you can, you can, you you don't have to have too much proof in America. You can bring up a story from nowadays, from 1925, and run somebody through the court system, and they pin, they spending all their wealth and stuff on lawyers all day long trying to get out of stuff. So maybe that's why he ran to Bally." Because he's like, hey, this is about to, this is going to get something else. And some of the stories I did hear from the women, because I saw some of the, some documentary or something on it, I was like, eh, you know. I, I mean, it was, they didn't have a lot of proof, and that's probably why they haven't been any charges up against. But nowadays, you don't have to have much proof. To me, some of these men who might have been creeps in the 90s and the 80s, to me, a lot of these court cases, even though they might have been creeps, a lot of these court cases, to me, have been taking extreme liberties to put these people in jail from stories that I sometimes say, I am for people having a fair trial, okay? But it's hard to prove stuff from 1952. But they've been letting that go. Like they've been letting situations go where people come in and testify, 1991, he touched me, and he might have touched you. But people are just taking people's word and knocking them up, and then somebody else come up and yeah, 1991. I might have saw him outside with Dope Till with her. I mean, it's just when you look at these cases, some of them, even in the cases of people who like Harvey Weinstein, who I've been hearing for years were creeps and stuff like that. This, some of the cases seem kind of a little unfair from a legal standpoint. And I want everybody to have a fair trial, even if they were considered a creep. Because I don't want nobody blame nothing on me, and I don't get no fair track, right? So I think a lot of these cases have been uh, that have been brought up against some of these people right now that we have been seeing in these Me Too movements. Some of them, I feel, have had more ominous things behind them. And don't get mad at me. It just is what I think, okay? It doesn't mean I don't believe women. I don't think the women didn't have. I'm just saying I don't think they had enough proof. And sometimes people have been getting convicted anyway in some of these hate courts, and they shouldn't have been. Some of these cases should have been moved out of certain venues. I mean, like, they shouldn't have had, like, to me, Harvey Weinstein shouldn't have had no trial in New York City. I mean, like, he's known there. So, like, they should have been in a small town or a smaller town outside of New York. Same thing with R. Kelly. 
Okay, so it's a it's a lot of things that we just have to ensure that legally people that is that is that is done right if you don't catch them. But if you couldn't catch them in 1989, and you let all that shit go in '89, you knew he was messing around with little girls, and now you gonna come 20 years later and try to railroad him because you, because he done did something against the industry or something like that. I ain't for that shit. Okay, because I'm like you could have got him in '89 when there was proof. And because you was making money off of these people, you didn't do so. So I feel the same way about Russell Simmons if there is something there. But he is innocent to a proven guilty. And ain't nothing been found on Russell. And it'd be a lot of celebrities be taking them trips to Bally's. they be probably hanging out with Russell. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, Russell. Huh. That's what we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about more when I get back. I'm going to tell you all what I think, okay, about the kids crying on the Internet, all of it, okay? But we're going to start off this show tonight with some of my favorites, let's listen to uh, two. No, we're gonna start. We're gonna listen to uh, "Back to the World." Tevin Campbell. It's the CC show. I will be back in a moment, y'all. Okay.
takes her time and does it right Cause she's not just an Talking hot topics. Well, let me get. I'm trying to make sure y'all my sound is okay because y'all know y'all be telling me y'all be like Carlotta, you couldn't hear. Okay. All right. So we got to get into this. I'm gonna start it off with the Kamara Lee Simmons, Russell Simmons, child drama. Listen, <laughs> they had a lot going on today. Okay. Uh, I thought I was going to have a set up, y'all. I got to set up right. Y'all you know how I be going out here. I already have it. Okay, let me put it up. Pull this up. 
But yeah, so they brought their family drama to um to the internet, okay? And um let me just say this, okay? It was sad to see. Okay. I mean, you know. I mean it I mean, I'm like, is this the person that Alicia Keys was singing about? We can uh, act like act out like Ru- Russell and uh, Russell and what's the, what's that Russell and Kamara? We can uh, make money like Russell. What was the song? And she talking about we can we can do something with Russell. Well, we can make money or something. I forget. Like Russell and Kamara. Child, remember that song? Child, anyway, Lord, that song it's, it's all it's, it's a new day now. Okay, so Child, let's hear from Kamara first. Kamora accuses Russell Simmons of attacking her family after Ming Lee's Father's Day post says he cut his daughter off while they were trying to get through college. Now, it started off with Ming Lee, I guess, sending the Happy Father, and I hate when kids do this, sending the Happy Father's Day post to their mama, and I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, she's not your daddy, okay, but whatever. But that's what, and especially with Russell Simmons, you know what I'm saying? Because, and I'm going to explain something, you know, um, and y'all gonna be thinking I'm giving these kids. A lot of y'all be thinking I'm always on me inside. I am not. I'm just saying I be trying to tell y'all, like it. You got look. Sometimes I think you got to look at things a little deeper. But here's Kamora Lee coming on, and she's explaining. Now I remember him and Kamora. Let me just say this: him and Kamora have gotten along for years together, even through Kamora's marriages, except when she married that one last guy. And Russell Simmons sued them, and allegedly he lost that suit, and he had to pay her 100000 And after that, Russell has not been getting along with Kamora. It seemed like he was not happy about that, whatever that last situation went down. I mean, even to the point Kamora was taking up for him when the legal woes and all that stuff was coming out, when the accusers and stuff. So this, these two people have co-parented and been cool, it seemed like, forever until – the last maybe five years or so, maybe seven years, okay? So let's listen to Kamora talk about the situation with her kids, child. It's a lot, so y'all check this out, okay? This particular person question, because I could go in on a, a few of them, one by one. Um, but it's funny how this particular person, if you, again, go look back, You'll see on their page that they post all these pictures like we're together, like we're friends. They've even posted pictures and then said, like, I just got off the phone with my kids. They sent me this great picture. None of that's true. I like receipts, so, of course, I have text messages. I have messages from all my kids. You know, you can go and see. I think the bottom line, like, probably the breaking point for all of this was uh, over the past many months um, when their dad just sort of cut them off. Um, he was contributing a little bit of cash to their, like, monthly, you know, college spending, not much, a couple hundred dollars probably, maybe $500. Maybe, you know, and I never get into this. I usually let people go and rant and rant. And so one day he just kind of cut the kids off. There was no more money coming in, no more, like, allowance, quote-unquote allowance. I think he probably did that just to double up the expenses on me, which is no problem. I stepped up. I did it. But when he did this, it was around um, 
just before finals and graduation. It was some months ago, just before finals and graduation. And he did it without telling the kids or talking to the kids or anything. He did it, it's funny, after he did an interview with, um, I heard some clips from an interview with uh, this young man. I don't know. I see him a lot. I think his name is Academic or DJ Academic. Oh, happy Juneteenth, you guys. We're doing all this on Juneteenth. Come on, let it go. Um, so I saw in that clip, that was some months ago, too. You can go and reference it and find it, where he told this guy, he would go on and on about this guy, and I think it was about old school hip-hop heads. And, how, and so one day he should honor them, which I believe you should. Uh, but he was saying to the guy, like, I'm so rich. I got this and I got that. And I'm this and that. None of that could be further from the truth. You know, he has turned around, and then again, I have records and evidence of this where he's told the kids in writing, we have it, text messages, I'm broke, I this, I that, I can't, you know, go get it from your mom. Now, meanwhile, I have been financially carrying this person probably for the last at least 10 years, myself and my ex-husband. Again, this is all proven with receipts, so whatever, somebody doesn't like what I'm saying, you know, we could talk about it, we can come, we can open up our receipts. I, I love it. I love receipts. Um, but I've taken care of this person to the tune of many, many, many millions of dollars to help with their bills, their overhead, their companies that they run into the ground, their unsuccessful bids, all of their stuff. Um, I don't necessarily speak for my kids, but I think I could take probably a good shot at it. They're sleeping right now because it should honor them, which I believe you should. Not even 8.30 in the morning. But my two oldest girls, they're young women. They're young women of the world. Um, I think that was a very, that was very tough for them that their dad like kind of cut them off, cut off conversation and cut off trying helping them. And he's even said things to them like, why did you go to college? You shouldn't have gone to college. You wasted that money. You could have saved it while I'm up here trying to hustle the kids over the finish line. Not even 830 in the morning. I didn't just start to see my kids. We didn't just go through a divorce. We went through this divorce, I don't know, 20 years ago. 20 some odd years ago. So this is not a situation, again, you can get received, you can go see where they say like, oh, kids been brainwashed, but we've been fine up until these past several years. So, you know, what happened? All of a sudden now the kids are brainwashed. All of a sudden now these young women who are grown women are babies. You know, you they, they have their own relationship with Okay. That was from Kamara, okay? So I want to speak on Kamara right first, okay, before we get to the kids. And let me just say this, okay, because she said a lot. Um, now, you know, she said she been – I might believe, Kamara, that, that she has maybe been helping Russell financially. I mean, Russell sold Def Jam years ago. The deal I heard he got, I had never thought that was that great of a deal. Uh, I think he sold it for a hundred some million dollars at that time. It was a lot of money back those days, but I just like you think a long time, you know. Um, and I think he sold it along with who else was it, Rick Rubin or I forget who else was the other person, but yeah. Um, I hate this for the both of them. I was let me just tell you, I love. I have been like a huge Kamora Lee person because one of the things I remember about Kamora Lee, I used to watch her reality shows all the time. And I remember I thought Kamora always is such a fabulous mother because one of the 
even when she was running fat form, I remember she had this reality show, and she used to bring her daughters in the office. And what I loved about that, that they were really little at the time, and I remember her, like, having, she was, it looked like, because we're looking at reality TV, so we don't know what the hell is really going on. But from reality, from the reality TV, it looked like she put great balance in her parenthood, even though she was busy. It's like she took time to bring the kids in the office, and she would have them helping her, them, her, they, they like, literally be working with her. Like, what color do you like for this purse? And she'd be, you know, and she would do it. I said, oh, that's, that's so cool. I just thought it was just, like, she, I thought that she exhibited in that show, uh, one of that, that particular re- reality show, uh, good traits of a mom. You know what I'm saying? Uh, at that, you know, I don't know, you know, I know she's been married three times, child, okay? okay? She may just not have it right on the relationship side. But, um, so I like Kamara, and I like Russell. You know, um, here's the deal, you know, Russell, and that's why I said kids, I said on my post today on, on the Carlisle Chapel Facebook page, I said, y'all need to heal, go watch the funeral uh, uh, from the movie Succession, and I mean from the show Succession, and you might understand your daddy a little bit more, okay? And what I mean by this is, uh, and I'm going to get to the kids in a minute with the Succession is that, uh, but I'm going to get into Kamora. I'm going to stop up story on Kamora's part right here. I don't know what's going on with Russell. I don't know if he's putting y'all through hell or whatever. But one thing Kamora got to acknowledge, and the kids and everybody got to acknowledge, if it wasn't for Russell, wouldn't nobody be there. I said what I'm going to say it again. If it wasn't for Russell, most likely nobody would be there. Most likely wouldn't be no Harvard. Wouldn't be no, uh, wouldn't be no, uh, you wouldn't have been able to be no millionaire. Maybe you would have, I know you was modeling with, with Tyre Banks and stuff, but it might not have been as good as just being with Russell. You was with Russell for the years, okay? You put your head in that fat form. Oh, yes, he did. Remember, Russell used to give Kamara the keys to the kingdom. At least it looked like it back in those days. Oh yes, no, 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 no. I mean, he was—he was literally the first dude. I don't know what he was like. He's probably listen. Most dudes, not all men. This doesn't give anybody just because you're successful. It does not give you the right to be a tyrant or an egomaniac. Even though a lot of men or those people are, because they—they don't know how to operate any other way. Because a lot of those people, when they get up in those big business things and stuff like that, they don't. Here's what I say. Fame, when you have fame and um, power and money and you're building legacies, I mean, you're building like actual great businesses and CEOs, it's easy to be an egomaniac, to be a horrible person because you're under such tremendous stress and everything, and you will not be the traditional father. And this is people, even people who are spiritual can be this way, okay? But the thing is, for people who are non-spiritual, I know they really be a mess, okay? But for people who are spiritual, you got a Godhead, so you should be much more decent and understanding of your family dynamics. But also at the same time, I understand that to be in that, to be in that, uh, 
business in mind. You might have a, a parent, if you have somebody like the, like secession, where they're very hard and can sometimes be cruel. But I love the end of secession and the funeral. If you ever saw, for those of you who do not know what I'm talking about, secession is a show that comes on the series that HBO had on about a rich family, wealthy family, kind of like a Rupert Murdoch family, like a, uh, their father owns a news channel, kind of like Fox or whatever. And he was a tyrant to these children, you know what I'm saying, and everything. But their father ends up dying in this in the last season of secession, and they do this what I call this wonderful funeral scene. And the son, you know, the uncle has just got up and said every bad thing about <laughs> uh, about uh, uh, this man who owns all this stuff. But then the son gets up and he says, he says, yes, my father was a tyrant. Yes, my father was this and that. He said, but my father had this thing, you know what I'm saying? He was saying, he said, he built worlds. He built things that made men want to dream. Like, when you hear it, I mean, you hear it, he's like, he's saying, yes, he was all these things, but he said, man, he said, uh, but if, he said, if I could have just a little bit of that in me, a little bit of that drive that he had, you know what I'm saying? So I think Russell Simmons is very complicated, you know what I'm saying? And that doesn't give him an excuse to act up. But it does, it, 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 it does, you're, you're talking about somebody who is a builder of industries. So, uh, and he really, to be honest, Kamora Lee would not be where she is without Russell Simmons. And that doesn't give him the right to mistreat anybody and stuff like that. But it does give you a moment to pause and say, hey, this is, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? You know, this cat had already been, you know, where you have to just kind of be like, because I have that in certain situations in my family, and I'm not for families. If you, listen, if you got a family member that you can't get along with, I don't care if it's your mama, your daddy, your auntie, your grandma, your grandpa, your whatever, if they cause and they breaking your peace, you have to, sometimes you have to let people go. I did that recently. I don't have no, ain't no shame in my game, okay? And it's not that I don't love the people. It's just that I just don't feel the need to have a relationship with them, okay? But it does not mean I don't care for them, okay? It's just for my peace of mind, I don't want the relationship, you know? And But it doesn't mean I don't honor the great things in which the person does. I don't honor the good things. I don't understand, you know what I'm saying? So my thing is for people in their cases, it's so different. Let me let me get to the kids, okay? Let's listen to the little kids. We already heard Kamara. So I'm going to let y'all hear the kids uh, part. Aoki Lee, okay? Simmons addressed this strained relationship with her father. Let's listen to her, okay? He said to her in the middle of the night to, like, take her some papers to, like, sign away her inheritance or whatever. Then she was like, should I be signing these? And I was like, what? He, like, sends people to threaten her. No, please stop with the bullshit. I hope you find peace and privacy in this venting. I have been dealing with this my whole life. This is not new. It's not new drama. I already live in the drama. Now I'm just sharing. This is not, there's no therapy you can go to with someone who weaponizes the fact that you 
don't want to go public, right? Because when he posts something and I don't respond, I'm like, you know, I don't want to have drama. And so he's been weaponizing that we don't want to, that we don't want to um have drama. I'm not like I. I care about my family. I don't like to have this out there. But he uses that against you. Well, what are you going to do about it? You're not going to say something. So now I'm saying something. And if you're going to say one more thing about, like, you should be in private in therapy, keep get off, please. Because I'm telling you, he uses that against me. And I'm not going to have it. And my sister and my mother, and I'm not going to have it. And he's going to spin the whole narrative about, oh, your mom turned you against me. I am very independent-minded. You can ask my mom. She has an issue with me every day since I was four. I want to cut my hair. I want to move out. I want to do this. And she's like, we negotiate all the time. I'm not the type to, like, whatever you say, mommy. I'm, like, kind of an independent individual in that way. She would know. She raised me. It was a lot of work. So he's going to say, she's, like, she's not with me. I'm in New York today. Like I said, staying with a friend because he will not even give me a hundred bucks for rent, which is fine. I'm saving. But, like, all that money you're crying, he doesn't give me a dollar. Not that you need it, you know. Every people work. People are eighteen, twenty. They don't have parental support. I don't support me. Yeah. But that's all I really have to say, I guess. I think I covered all the points. It's been many years, so don't tell me this is just drama that just started. I've been living in it. It's been terribly directed at children. It's not like I could just stay out of it. We tried. I would be in school, living, happy Father's Day, happy Mother's Day, just, and my mom, if I asked a question, she'd be like, this is not your concern. But any time I allowed him into my life, even to have lunch, he would start yelling about what, like, tell your mom to do that. And I was like, I can't, what? Cursing, saying terrible words. If you don't agree with him immediately, it's immediately cursed out, foul things. Like, if you don't immediately say, oh my God, I hate my mother too, like, you're in trouble. So, don't tell me if this just started. I, 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 like, I don't really care if I seem crazy because I know that I'm not. And like I said, I will release every email. I'll release my entire WhatsApp blog because I have behaved as well as I could have at 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I have behaved as well as I could. Please give me some space. I don't want to talk about that. Well, I don't want to hear you talk about my mom. Could you please stop? Please don't call my friends. Please don't call my boyfriend. Please don't call my friends at school. Please don't DM my friends at school on Instagram to harass me. Please don't threaten my job. Please don't send people to threaten my sister. I have done it the best I possibly could. Okay. I did also want to come in here and say that a lot, like, I can't, between a lot of people who are close to him and who have experienced how he is, I mean, just lashed out at anyone he can and completely changed the person that he is, a lot of us feel like maybe something is wrong. Okay. Child, this is child, this is child, this is okay. Part of this is they in their 20s, they young, okay, uh, because there's a lot of things you can do. This, this, I have family members going through uh divorce, and uh child, the kids was going through with the mom. I said, you got to quit telling them stop. 
was telling him, but they was they, they you know they, I mean you know, it, <laughs> and this is past the divorce because Russell and Kamar been getting along, but it's just the recent years I think with the with the money and the situation. And I'm gonna personally tell you what I think. I think Russell, maybe Kamara. I don't know. Russell may have made some bad financial decisions, and Kamara felt obligated to cover. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. That's just telling me what I'm thinking. And she felt an obligation because Russell did help her. Russell, you probably wouldn't be there without Russell, right? So you feel like you need to help. But Russell also felt allegedly like her and her husband scammed him in some sort of way, okay? So that's when the drama has been unfolding, okay? The drama seemed like it came in during that time when she's with this dude who is now being accused. I mean, I think he's, they said he might be going to jail or something because he, he's allegedly like a uh, 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 Took about two hundred million dollars or something. I forget the story, but I have to look it up. But I think that they first of all has a family. They've been going through a lot of emotional turmoil, particularly Kamora, because you've been in three bad marriages, and the third one almost is about to land, could have landed you in jail. Because a lot of times people are reflecting back to her with uh, her husband's and uh, you know last drama for the kid. There's probably tremendous stress going on. And then maybe financially where Russell may have gotten involved financially uh, and Russell may feel some sort of way like I'm king of the cat. I built the thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's sort of like, I mean, I know you didn't help and everything, but, you know, can I have some respect up in here? You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't have had to take you to court even though I lost the court case, you know. I feel like there's probably a tremendous amount of stress that's been happening with this family, okay? Now, what I would say to that child is, honey, listen here. First of all, you know, no matter what money you got, no matter what or what, you know, people have a right to their feelings. And sometimes You don't understand the privilege you have. You know what I'm saying? You don't like like she was saying, Don't don't threaten my job because there was other saying rumors that she was threatening to take jobs from them and stuff like that because it's probably he's probably opened the doors for them with some of their his friend group and stuff like that. And I don't think it's right if you're calling their friends harassing them, Russell. You got to cut that out. You mad or something. You cut that shit. <laughs> What's Russell? What's Russell scissors? What's Russell scissors side? First of all, let me see this up. Let me see this up. Y'all know how I am about astrology. Let me see what Russell scissors. I'm going to listen to some stuff on him tonight, too, about his astrology. But, and Kamara's, too. Let me see. Where is he? Russell is. What is Russell? Oh, God. <laughs> Is that a Virgo or at least? I think he's a Virgo. I think Russell's a Virgo. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! He might be being a trip right now. Okay, listen. I if he is, let me see. Is he a Virgo? I'm not sure if he's a Virgo. No, he might be a Libra. Let me look. Um. Okay, yeah, sorry, she was quiet, but let me look at it. Yeah, he is. 
me look here. I'm pulling up his chart now. Okay, but yeah, <laughs> Russell uh, is a Libra. Okay, yeah. <laughs> And he's got a moon in Aquarius. Oh, Lord. <laughs> y'all know how y'all moon in Aquarius is on. Can be stubborn. Okay, stubborn. No, I don't care if you say your sun sign is a, is a cardinal. No, that moon. Oof. I mean, like, where you don't want to listen. You know, Aquarius is between they smart. They do be. Mm-mm-mm. Ain't nothing like an Aquarius energy, especially an Aquarius moon. I mean, they be trying to sit on their post, boy. They be, <laughs> they be trying to sit. They be trying to, I ain't moving off my throne. <laughs> Y'all so cute. I ain't moving off my stand. Russell might be, you know, being a little hard ass, okay, with them, right? But uh, what's Kamara? Let me look at Kamara real quick before I see, you know, look at this. What's going on here? Uh, okay. Uh, Kamara is, where's Kamara? She is from St. Louis, too. Kamara is a... <laughs> <laughs> a Taurus. Oh, stubborn. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, I know you Taurus. I know the Taurus. <laughs> okay. Stubborn. Uh, likes the finer things in life. Definitely. That's why she's married to, that's why she married Russell. Okay. And then, uh, uh, D-Mine D- may not have had no money, but he did have this. I don't know. He had a little bit of money, but he may not have had the status. But he did have the status as an actor. She was married to him during the good years of acting, I think. Then there, then there's this last guy who looked like he had the lifestyle. Okay, so Taurus is in their in their true essence. It's not that they marry for money. It's like they do like to feel money is an aphrodisiac for a Taurus. I mean, not. It's not money, it's being living a certain lifestyle and that's provided through wealth and money. Like people was talking about Janet Jackson, you know, as soon as the fifth year was up, she hurried up and left. People was like that she was Janet Jackson getting that money, a check or whatever. But that's very Taurian. Janet Jackson is a Taurus. She likes to be relaxed and and financially uh you know, uh uh help because it allows her to do all the great things uh that uh that the Taurians need, okay, to relax and, and feel good, unless you're a dark sided. There's some dark sided Tauruses that, you know, reverse that situation. But uh, Kamara, um, <laughs> oh, 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 she's a moon in Aquarius, too. Oh, so they really going to be fighting. Child. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So there's some probably some sense of understanding of each other's feelings there. Venus in Gemini. Mars and Pisces. That explains the three marriages, huh? <laughs> oh, y'all see this? Venus and Gemini. <laughs> okay, listen, can we talk about it for a second? I ain't gonna dish y'all, okay? Y'all, Gemini is out there. But when you see Venus and Gemini, I'm always going, oh, God. 
You know, you know, because when you see Venus in Gemini, Gemini is a sign that is a extremely. Um, is it right, astrologers, if I say attention deficit disorder? Y'all astrologers, let me know, okay? I feel like Geminis can have ADD. Like, some of my best girl, best people, girlfriends and stuff that have been Geminis, they, have, they, can't, they can't stand to be bored. The men are different from the women. The men just really can't stand to be bored, okay? So when you find somebody who got that, that Venus in Gemini in love, <laughs> doesn't mean they can't be loyal, but it means that, you know, it might be hard. <laughs> I mean, because they might be, you know, they, they, they Venus is in the sign that needs to constantly, that's useful, constantly needs to be stimulated. Uh, I, a lot, it's a hard placement, I think, kind of for love. I mean, it's sexy, you know what I'm saying? Because Gemini is the sign. You know, everybody thinks Scorpio is the sign of sex. Scorpio is it's the sign of sex organs and stuff. But also Gemini is the sign of sex, sex. Like, you know, the, you know, the Gemini's, the symbolism, the cross, the man and the woman, the merging of two, the, the, you, that's why you'll often find Geminians will have experiences uh, with relationships that will be bisexual and stuff in nature. Not all Geminis, but some Geminis, because Geminis are open to uh, the feminine and the masculinity part. Are you a fine and exploring sexualities in very strange, in different ways, like Prince? You know what I'm saying? He was exploring his masculine and feminine energy and stuff like that. And some people thought Prince was gay. I mean, it's not strange because Geminians are is, are a very sexual sign. Okay, so um, so I. I I think probably her and Russell, <laughs> that's probably a very interesting relationship. And plus she has that Mars and Pisces, which means um, Mars and Pisces has a lot going on there too. You can tend to romanticize things and even relationships. Uh, <laughs> you can tend to, uh, it, it can tend to be a placement where we partner with that Venus and Gemini. I'm not an astrologist. I'm just telling y'all what I've heard astrologers say. Okay. With that Venus in Gemini, it can uh, uh, it can keep you out of these streets. <laughs> I mean, you don't run around out of these streets. Who else got that place? Maxwell. Maxwell has a Venus. He has Venus in Gemini and Mars in Pisces. He does. He does, but he has some other things in his chart that may kind of stabilize him a little bit more than the average person. But he has a. I think he has a stellium in Gemini. So it's very interesting. He could probably be like that too. But Kamara definitely um you can see it. Uh Neptune. North Node Sagittarius. Oh my gosh. Okay. I get it. I get it. Okay, I don't gotta see no more. She has ascendant in Leo like myself. That's a lot too. Having that sun in Taurus, that moon in Aquarius, and that ascendant in Leo, baby, baby, baby. Astrology, astrologists, my people, please, I can't, I can't wait to see y'all do this on Kamara because I know it's a lot there, okay? Um, definitely likes the good life, okay? Definitely likes finer things in life. Definitely wants the best. Uh, I'm going to say that it is not a shocker to me 
right? You know what I'm saying? That she's like, yeah, you get the kids off and blah, 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 blah. Because I believe Kamara raised her daughters probably in a in an energy of very finely like Taurians tend to do. Um, not all Tauruses, but, you know, some of y'all, uh, especially if y'all got that lifestyle. Um, what I'll say about the kids is that you've been very privileged to have Russell Simmons as your dad. They may be the ugly in it, but it's, you know, a lot of people got parents that was Rolling Stones, ain't got no money. Like where they would say, Papa was a Rolling Stone, wherever he laid his hat was at home. And when he died, all he left me was alone. Okay. <laughs> what people got daddies like that? <laughs> all right. But you got a daddy who has opened so many doors for you just by your name. Just like, and I understand he might not be shit. Hey, really, for real, I understand that. I understand that. But he's, oh, but what he's done for you in the physical realm, allowing you to go to Harvard. You ain't gotta be uh, 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 looking for jobs under his friends. You can leave out of New York City and leave out of uh, the areas where Russell is and go find you a good ass job. Okay. So we just Harvard behind your name, honey. Y'all need Russell. I'm Harvard. That Harvard, having that Harvard degree gets you a lot of your job, okay? Okay, no, no, no. We don't talk about it. having a Harvard degree will put you in some nice spots, okay? So I'm just saying, ain't no sense in sitting here, you know, crying. You can cut your daddy off, okay? And I heard in there she said he sends people in the middle of the night uh, to 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 get her sister to sign herself out from the wheel and all that stuff, and, and that's traumatic for y'all, okay? But check this out: there's a lot of kids out here ain't got no wheel to be excluded from. I, listen, I just want people sometimes. Listen, somebody can take your hand with your terrible-ass daddy and win. That's what somebody, somebody told me that the other day. Because I was upset about something, and I, and that's one of my favorite sins. And somebody said, you know somebody can take your hand and win. Don't say my thing back to me. <laughs> okay. Listen here, uh, Aoki and Ming or whatever y'all kids name is. Somebody can take y'all little ass hand and win while you're up here crying about y'all daddies on the internet and hollering about Russell, you don't care about me, my daddy. Y'all better take that damn hand and win. You know what you can do with just a Simmons name? You had a bomb ass mama who was a businesswoman and a bomb ass daddy who was a businesswoman. You know what y'all two can do together as sisters? Just with the name? With this a Harvard degree? I mean, if Russell don't do any damn thing else, he done did enough. I know you think you need, I know you saying, hey, what about emotional? I get it. I understand that, okay? Some people ain't got that shit to get. No, no, I remember I heard Oprah Winfrey say that one time. I went to, I went to, at Bishop Jake's, I used to have a, I used to, years ago, I used to be on the Potter's House uh, 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 media thing. 
and uh, when I was covering one of Bishop Jake's uh, uh, woman that I lose uh, things, and he had Oprah show up, and Oprah was talking about how when you were ten gallon per person, and you be trying to pour into people who are pint size, and they don't want your gal. They, they they can't have nothing to do with. It. They like hey I. I, and you trying to give them something that they and they and you asking them for something that they ain't got to give. Look at that up here. Let me put some child. Let me put some. Please pull it up. I gotta pull it up because somebody might need to hear this. I'm talking. I be acting like I'm talking to these celebrities. These celebrities, y'all know none of these people. But listen, I, I may be talking to somebody out there who needs it. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, Ten gallons. I know it's over here somewhere, but I was in the audience and I'm like, what happened? Oh, but that's deep. It was Bishop and uh, Oprah talking, huh? Uh, let me see. Okay, here it is. You don't listen to it. You have in your own mind your mother should be what you wanted your mother to be. And in many cases, your mothers and your fathers can't be what your ideal is. Isn't that correct? Yes, because they were broken when you got them. There are some like you and, and like me and many people in this room who are voluminous. We 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 are ten talent people. But we were we may have been born into families of people who have tight capacities. When you are a ten gallon person and you want love, you want it on a ten gallon level. But a pint person, they, they could be giving you all that they have, sincerely giving you everything, but it doesn't fill you up because you're bigger than that. But you must realize some people, that's all they got. Okay, hold on, y'all. Get in there. Okay. Chat, okay. Now, listen. That was powerful hearing that years later. I was in the audience. I was like, Lord. I was like, listen. But, because, listen, I'm going to share. I've been sharing personal stuff with y'all for the last few weeks and stuff like that. I often have a contentious sometimes relationship. Sometimes it's good, real good. But sometimes over the years, you know, I had I was raised by my grandparents, okay? And since I was a young child, you know, sometimes I have, you know, not all the time. but there, And I'm sharing this because I think somebody might need to hear, you know. But sometimes I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I was in the audience that day, and, and this is, this, let me just tell this, say this to people. That doesn't mean that uh, Ming and, Aoki need a relationship with Russell because you may not need one. It may it may be disturbing your peace right now, and you may need to end that relationship. But as a young girl growing up and stuff like that, sometimes I have a contentious relationship with my mother. You know, my mother was very is very different from me. She, she was a teenager when she had a child. She's like, I don't listen to you. She's like my sister more than my mother. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. And... Um, I had all these expectations of her, you know, I'm like, why can't you just, 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then I had to realize when I heard this, it changed my life specifically. And then I, it, 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 and sometimes it's still a struggle, you know what I'm saying? But uh, also hearing, um, uh, it was somebody else I heard on this too, talk about this too. But specifically understanding that your mother, she is never going to be what you think she should be. She is not a traditional mother. You're not going to have that. And my grandmother used to tell me that kind of stuff. She didn't say it in a mean way, but my grandmother would always come and say, this is different. It's different. You're being raised by your grandparents. You got to be okay with it. She always would tell me that growing up. You got to be okay with it. This is something you got to accept. You can't be mad at nobody. This is how this is going to go. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, okay, okay. You got to make peace with yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I'd be like, okay. You know what I'm saying? And I I understood it, and it helped a lot. But when I got older, sometimes I would have these contentious arguments with her and everything, and I couldn't, and I'd get so upset, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't deal with this. You know what I'm saying? And, And I had to realize that, you know what? This is who this person is. And they don't have the cup. They just don't have. They don't have the skill set. It's not. And this is no diss to her. She just did not have the skill set of what a traditional mother was. And you're not going to have that. You you were raised by your grandparents, and and you you are not going to have the relationship with her. That's not going to be there. And I had to come to accept that. Okay, because it's just it was a different situation. And so I feel like these little girls have to accept that your daddy's like, listen, and I remember astrologers told me this one time, my astrologer, Apollonia, shout out to Apollonia. She told me one time it was Boston Healing. Me and her, she was, she was doing, we were doing a session. And she said to me, she said, you know, she was talking about, you know, they talk about North Nose, South Nose and stuff. And she was saying, you know, your mom probably really wasn't supposed to have, you know, because she was talking about your mom, my mother's North Nose and all this stuff like that. And she said, but, you know, she did. She said, and everything that is beautiful about you, every gift, every talent, everything, because she looked at my mom, so she said, she gave it to you. And I was like, wow. She's like, think differently about the situation. And listen. Listen, she got that. This this is the vessel that brought you here, and sometimes all they got to give you is what they can blow in your life. You know what I'm saying? The energy they can they ain't got a lot to give you. They can't be a, a mama that's you know that, that's cuddling, or they can't be that because they don't know how to be that. It may may not have been given to them or something like that. But that's all they got to give you, and you got to understand. Okay, and that's what these little girls need to understand. Russell has given them everything he got. He ain't got the rest of it. Y'all talking about, I've been doing this for years. Russell might not be a cuddling daddy. He might not be no daddy that was there. He might be not none of that, but guess what he gave you? He gave you a degree to Harvard because he paid for that probably. Or he, he, he got you. He having that last name help you get in the doors at Harvard. He gave you a lifestyle that most people would die for. He exposed you to so many resources that are unbelievable. 
but he might not have a whole lot to give as far as fathering and love because he spent so much of his pint on trying to give you something that he did not have. Somebody passed a message on to Ming and Aoki and Kamora's ass too. That's a word. That's a word for somebody out there, okay? Yo, yo, sometimes people ain't got it to give. Sometimes you're dealing with people who's ten, who's a pint-sized people when you a gallon, ten-gallon person, and they can't give you no more. They can only give you what they got. And sometimes it's a little, and that's no diss to them. It's just that they it took them, it took everything for them to get you to there. Told me it took everything for your mama to have you. She got you here. That's how she spoke. Wow! When I heard, I was like, "Whoa!" (laughs) That's how. Now you do the rest. You got everything. You got gifts and talents. You got. You got. You got whatever. She got her. You got people say you look like you got her. You got everything. She got you here. That's how. That's how maybe she can do. Can't be mad at that. It's hurt. And sometimes don't feel right and it don't feel well, but that's your, that is your beautiful journey, your beautiful journey of collateral beauty in life. Come on, Aoki and me, your beautiful journey is that your daddy might be over in Bali hiding from some, some allegations and some shit that he may have did in the 90s and all that stuff, and he might be upset, and he might be uh, tired, and he might be a whole lot of things, but he gave y'all a hell of a life. Ain't no sense in crying on the internet. Hey, hey, he's putting me through. He took me through. Girl, you ain't going through nothing. Take what he even gave. Understand he can't give no more. And if you have to cut him off and be like, peace be with you, Dad. I love you. Peace be with me. You may not have, you might have to give, you might have to, you might can't even take his money no more. Because he done gave you enough at this point. And Kamora, you know that. He done gave you, he done gave them enough at this point. Accept what he gave you and move the hell on. Sitting on the internet crying, don't do nothing but make us on these blogs talk about your ass. So here's some good advice. Listen to Bishop Jakes. We're over 10-gallon people born into families with pint-sized capacity. Sometimes it takes people all they got to do, all they got is to raise you. Sometimes all people got to say, hey, I got enough to get you to where your next stop. Ah, that's real shit. People need to understand some shit out here. It's real. Ain't no sense of being angry. Sometimes that's all people got. They might not have been great parents, but they got you here. Maybe it was somebody else to take care of. Or maybe it was the next level of, hey, if they did, them getting you here and the pain you endured or whatever, it caused you to bring your gift to the world. Or whatever it is, listen, you got more than most. You got a lot, baby. You got a lot. That's why I had to be like, I had to say, you know what, you're right. She got me here in hell. And not only that, she gave me a lot. 
You know what I'm saying? Shit, I got that good jeans, honey, them cheekbones. <laughs> oh, I got that little uh, sassy attitude. Big to my grandma's common sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My daddy's, uh, my daddy's gangster. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? People only got what they got to give. And look at what they got. Listen, the men, you be mad at Russell all day. I don't even understand because I'm sitting up here like, damn, y'all got a lot. Listen, you got that Harvard degree, baby. Ain't no sense in trying to take away my job. I'm like, bitch, you already gave me the Harvard. I already got, I already been in Harvard. Shit, I'm, I'm in now, daddy. Do what you want to do. If you want to take that wheel, take that little money, do you. Hey, I'm going to be out in the streets with my Harvard degree and using your name. Okay, because that's probably what he really wants you to do. He ain't got no more. He's saying, I'm going to spend it all in the tank. He's talking about, and Kamora's on talking about, you know, he's saying on academics, DJ academics, he's broke, but I've been carrying him for 10 years, and blah, blah, blah. That's So Kamora, he's letting you know he ain't got no more in the tank. Kamora, do you realize what's going to happen? No, I don't think he has. So let me break it down to Kamora. Somebody give this tank to Kamora, okay? Somebody give you might even know Kamara, let her know. Kamara, let me let me explain what's gonna happen, okay? You've been in three marriages that have not worked. The third one has been to an alleged dude out here who was tender swindler. I mean not tender swindler, but was tender swindler business or whatever going on alleged, okay? And may almost get you in trouble too. Now, at one point back in the day, you was with Russell Simmons. Everybody go, every, it rains, let me just say this, it rains on the just and the unjust. It's just, everybody get rain and they like it. Everybody have hard times tomorrow. It is what it is. And with right now, what you ain't seeing, sis, is that it's, a, it's raining. And Russell, for him, Russell's ass, the man who, you, who built you up and who gave you the lifestyle that you in right damn now, well, who allowed you who allowed you to use his resources. He ain't God, but he was one of God's resources for you to move in this life. Now he's over there hiding in valleys, hoping that they don't put no charges on his ass from 1981, okay? from crush day. Okay, he's over there hiding. And you saying he didn't took money from me. So you got to understand this man is not no longer in a state to give. He ain't got shit else to give. He didn't gave you the lifestyle. He didn't gave you the name. He had you running fat for him. He had you on reality TV series. He had you on all kinds of shit. The Negro don't got no more to give, Kamara. So now, since you know who you are, you was running fat for him at one time. You got good business sense. You got to step the, step the hell up, get your family together, and be a boss. Like they talk to little kids, you talking about be a boss bitch? Now, you need to be a boss bitch because you one time, he done, like, he done taught you how to be a boss bitch. He can't do it no more. He up over in Valley acting crazy and out of his mind because he's scared as hell. And you up here talking about, he didn't, he didn't stop giving child support because you don't know what the time, damn time it is. Okay? Do you not know what damn time? You got one in jail or one getting ready to go to jail that you was married to and one hiding in back. What's wrong with her? She not know what time it is. It's time for you to stop crying on the internet. You know, just leave me and my girls alone. No. 
He ain't gave you everything. He ain't crazy right now because he hide nowhere in Bradley, girl. Do you not see what time it is? It's time. What you going to do tomorrow? And well, I was glad I took up for that. I, I took, you know, I, I, I took up the space for that money. Okay, I'm glad you took up the space. Okay? But right now, the Negro that helps you take up the space is getting ready to let you go to jail. So now you got to build your children up, and you better build, unless, especially if you might be going. I don't know. I ain't heard nothing about that. But if you are, you better build them up, okay? I remember I had years ago my friend, my, one of my best friends, her mom was dying. And I remember I used to go over to their house, and I used to be really close to her mom. I always be laughing and joke. Her mom would tell me these stories, and we'd be laughing. And, and sometimes I even tell my friends to this sometimes now stories, and she's like, she told you that, and she'll be laughing about what I didn't know that or whatever. But her mom would do sometimes where I would consider the wildest shit. I'd be like, oh, my God, her mom would be like uh, coming out. We'd be in there talking and laughing as teenagers, and her mom would come in and say, I, you know, honey, this is what I want her to wear to my funeral. And I'd be like, what? what the hell? You know, I'd be like, what the, what the type of, you know, that's just crazy and stuff. And she would teach her daughter about preparing for certain things when she wasn't there. Like in case something happened, because she knew what was going to happen. And she was preparing. And I used to say, this is jacked up for a kid that's like 15, you know? 14, 15, this is hard. But when my friend's mom died, I saw one of the strongest people ever. Like, you know, it, it wasn't that it didn't hurt her, but I saw her and her sibling. They were so strong because their mom had poured the hell into them. She let them know, this is how life is getting ready to look. It ain't going to be easy. I ain't going to be here to guide you through. But I'm going to help you as long as I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to take you through the tough time. I'm going to give you what I got to take you through this next spot. It ain't going to be easy for you when I'm going, but I got you because I'm going to give you what I know. And I'm not saying Kamora died, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying Kamora, the old life has died, baby. Okay? Get these kids, these grown-ass kids out the Internet crying and prepare them little mofos. You done gave them already the privilege and the lifestyle and stuff, but prepare them for what life may be looking like on the other side of privilege when Russell ain't as powerful no more or you ain't as powerful no more, or the man that you was with ain't as powerful no more. Lifestyle may got to change, baby. Daddy might not be accessible because he's running for some charges right now, allegedly, over there back. Okay? So things have got to change the fuck around here. Okay? And you can't be on the Internet crying. Okay? Because you got a name. And you got me. Bounce up. Bounce up, bitch. That's all I got to say. Come on. Bounce up, bitch. Okay, it's time for the stop this shit. Stop this shit, man. That was a waste of time y'all did today. Crying. Hey, Russell. Hey, Russell's out here. Russell. Russell. Russell gave y'all all he got. Shit. And it was a lot. Russell gave y'all a hell of a hand. Say that shit. Russell gave y'all a hell of a hand. Good ass hand, Russell gave y'all. Russell gave hell of a hand. You know what I can do? Russell gave y'all a hell of a hand. Shit. Play it. Okay? God gave y'all Russell, and Russell gave y'all a hand. Okay? 
play and listen to the success. Kids, go listen to the funeral succession. What they said about their daddy, he was a tyrant. But they said, if I just got a little bit of what he got, you just got a little bit of what your daddy got. You can do, you can be a world. She don't need his old, say his old ass go sit down somewhere. He sold that GM years ago anyway. He over there running from 1985 charges. It's your time. Okay? Love you, daddy. Okay. Argue about mama. You and mama, y'all got y'all whatever argument going on. I ain't got shit to do with that, but if you want to keep talking to names and stuff like that, that's your business. I ain't going to hear it, though. Okay? So that may mean our relationship over. And that may mean I need to get out here on my own and find my own way. And you might cut me out from the wheel. Okay? That's how it's going to be. But you done gave me enough, baby. All right? I'm about to spin this wad that is Russell Simmons' child, the heir to Russell Simmons' song. I'm about to spin this name, okay? That's how y'all got to come. Quit crying. It's people who worship and y'all. Like I said, it's people who got Papa was a Rolling Stone story, and all he left me was alone. Y'all up here left with a name and Harvard and shit going on. It's not that I don't feel sorry for you because everybody has a right to emotional problems, but shit. Crying about some bullshit. Russell has Kamar. Russell ain't got no more to give. Not right now. He's out of commission. Okay, so you got to teach your kids how to boss the hell up. My kids are children of the world. They know how to speak many languages. Yeah, but they don't the internet crying. Because life, they feel the changes of life happening. And they don't know how to dissect them and discern them. But you need to learn how to dissect them and discern. You the grown woman. All right. You see what it is, babies. Daddy is not doing well right now. He's over there. He's having a hard time. I may have contributed to it. Maybe me and my ex-husband do well. I thought we was doing well by him. He perceives it has another situation. Hell, it's, I don't know what to tell y'all. Okay, but life may change, and you need to boss up, baby. Privilege may change. You're going to still be privileged, but you may have to work a little harder. Daddy might write you out of his wheel because daddy crazy right now. Daddy got daddy pissed. He's up, he mad at the world. Okay, he's over there in Dallas, hoping don't nobody bring out no, he, he, don't, got, he don't get no R. Kelly charges. Russell. Russell. He's not the children. He's such and such, such and such. You should have known that shit was coming when you went over a battle. Okay? Let me move on, child. I got, I got other stories to tell. I done gave them a good word, okay? Bishop T.D. Jakes were over 10 gallon people born in the families with pint size capacity. Please pass it on, okay? Tell them, if y'all know the sentence, tell them God bless. Tell them thank you. Thank you. If they, I mean, I'll take a counselor, counsel, if you need some counsel, be feel, it's free. I'll give you free. And it's easy. I, learn it. Get it. Just another day. He might be something wrong mentally. Yes, it's wrong with him, something mentally. He's over in Valley hiding, allegedly. Yeah, something wrong with his ass, all right. Get the picture. Happy Juneteenth. Anyway, now let me talk about this white woman child and got $26 million from Starbucks. 
Now, I heard that people who actually was involved in this, the black males. About 79,700 results anytime. Uh-oh, I didn't get something, y'all. Kimora Lee Simmons. Oh, Lord, I didn't get something. I'm going to put something. Okay. Okay. So. I heard this woman who, uh, let's see if I can pull it up, who is uh, with the $26 million, let me pull this, I pull it up, who got the $26 million, was one of the people who were fired from Starbucks during that time. Remember when the two men got arrested in Starbucks, who black men who hadn't bought anything, but they were angry. Uh, people were just assuming they were in there to do some wrong and stuff like that, and they had them kind of arrested for nothing. Now, I heard that those men uh, only got, like, uh, community service or community activism or something like that. Or I mean, they, 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 I guess they decided to do something with the community, the Starbucks or something. I can't, I don't know the whole story. I'm going to have to look it up and tell y'all. But meanwhile, this woman uh, who was fired from, from that situation, let me pull up here. Okay. I'm going to have to go through these little stories a little quick here. Okay. Let's see. Jury awards $25.6 million to white Starbucks manager fired after the arrest of two black men. Okay. Jurors in federal court in New Jersey, this is from abcnews.com, have awarded $25.6 million to a former regional Starbucks manager who alleged that she and other white employees were unfairly punished by the coffee chain after the high-profile arrest of two black men in 2018. Jurors in the federal, okay, said Shannon Phillips won $600,000 in compensatory damages and uh, $25 million in punitive damages on Monday after a jury in New Jersey found that the race was determinative, determinative uh, uh, factor in Phillips firing in violation of a federal and state anti-discrimination. In April 2018, a Philadelphia store manager called the police on two black men who were sitting in the coffee shop without ordering anything. Phillips, then regional manager of the operations in Philadelphia, southern New Jersey, and elsewhere, was not involved with the arrest. However, she said she was ordered to put a white manager who also wasn't involved on administrative leave for reasons she knew were false, according to her lawsuit. Phillips said she was fired less than a month later after objecting to the manager being placed on leave amid the uproar, according to her lawsuit. The company's rationale for suspending the district manager, who was not responsible for the store where the arrest took place, was an allegation that black store managers were being paid less than white managers, according to the lawsuit. Phillips said that argument made no sense since district managers had no input on employees' salaries. The lawsuit alleged Starbucks was instead taking steps to punish white employees who worked in the area in an effort to convince the community that it had properly responded to the incident. During the closing arguments on Friday, Phillips' lawyers, Laura Mataki, told uh uh, told jurors that the company was looking for a sacrificial lamb to calm the outrage and show that it was taking action. Law 360 reported, picking a black employee for such purpose would have blown up in their faces. Uh, she said, Starbucks denied Phillips' allegations, saying the company needed someone with a track record of strength and resolution during a crisis and replaced her with a regional manager who has such experience, including navigating the aftermath of 2013 Marathon bombings, Law 360 reported. Phil's attorney, however, cited earlier 
testimony from our black district manager who was responsible for the store where the arrest took place, who described Phyllis as someone beloved by her peers who worked around the clock after the arrest. Um, now, let me just say this, okay? Starbucks is dumb. And Starbucks, uh, you know, instead of really doing the real work, see, and another, see this white woman that benefited off of these two black men probably didn't even get $25 million, okay? And it's no sense. I don't blame her for suing because of the way the situation's set up and stuff. Instead of Starbucks really working hard to make sure that nothing like that happened in that store, and then and, and, and instead of trying to show, instead of trying to show real progress and real change, they started doing, which a lot of corporations have been doing these days since George Floyd started showing fake stuff. To, you know, oh, look, uh, we did this and we did that and we changed this and we changed that, only to end up giving $25.6 million away. That instead could have gone to the people who really had the injustices. Not saying she, she had the injustice too, but really had the injustices and because y'all didn't handle the situation right. And y'all ended up giving this woman $25 million. No better for you. The two men also reached a deal with the city of Philadelphia for a symbolic dollar each and a promise from officials to set up a $200,000 program for young entrepreneurs. Look at that. Listen to this. The Philadelphia Police Department adopted a new policy on how to deal with people accused of trespassing on private property, warning businesses against, against misusing the authority of police officers. So all they got, they was the main victims. And all they settled for was for a dollar each and a promise from officials to set up a $200,000 program from young entrepreneurs. Child, unbelievable. Y'all need to hire her lawyers. Y'all get the wrong thing. Two young black dudes, $200,000. She got $25 million. And she didn't get arrested or nothing. She just got simply piled up in the mask of Starbucks trying to cover up their shit. Crazy. Y'all, they, y'all get 200000 200, This is crazy. They got $200,000. Is that right? A dollar. And oh, geez, y'all set up a program in the community. Oh, my Lord. I get Jesus. Oh, this is, oh, okay. I can't say no more. Crazy. Crazy. This is a crazy story when I heard that. I was like, really? I mean, wow, shout out to she. I don't blame her. She did the right thing. She's like, nah, I'm getting my money. Huh? Megan and Harry lose their deal with Spotify. Is anybody surprised? Am I surprised around here? This is something I should talk about even. Is there anything we really want to talk about? Is there anything we need to know? That they lose their deal with Spotify? Of course, Megan lost her deal with Spotify. You should hear the show. Okay, I only heard a few minutes of it, and I knew it's done. Okay. I'm not surprised. Megan and Harry came over here, and they expected. See, listen, Harry. I just wanted you to know. Poor Harry. He didn't really know the deal with Megan. I just, I have my personal opinion is okay. And um, they thought they were gonna make money, and they didn't. And what Harry probably Megan, Megan just. I mean, she was on suits before she married you, man. I mean, I was some show in Canada where nobody knew her. You blew her up. 
I mean, you should have seen she really had the stuff to carry this to. Spotify, according to Yahoo, may end their $18 million deal with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle after their first podcast did not gain mainstream popularity. Of course, who's listening to Meghan talk about, I thought I, I didn't know what it was like to be a biracial woman. <laughs> according to media lawyer, I am Penniman. The streaming giant overestimated the couple's popularity after their first and only podcast episode failed to impress. It would not be an unfair assumption that perhaps their popularity was not as great as maybe they or indeed Spotify initially felt, he said. I think you could draw a conclusion that if Spotify haven't exercised the option on the next episode of the podcast, then maybe they did not have the popularity that either Megan and Harry expected or indeed Spotify anticipated. He added that Spotify could look into backing from other uh, from their contract if they no longer wish to produce more content with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. He told ExpressCo.uk, it's famously the case in music deals that goes back decades that when people talk about a large deal like Robbie Williams signing a deal for $15 million or something, it does not mean they get $15 million on day one. So the problem you have here, I would imagine, is that when they talk about $18 million Spotify deal, uh, podcast deal, it probably means they have signed their first product. In this case, a podcast, they they then have many, many options for further projects. Okay, let me just say this, the problem with uh, Harry and Megan, talking too much, okay? If Megan would have came over here and did a fun podcast, just fun, she would have did a fun podcast uh, interviewing, I said they should have took, listen, let me sidebar, I said they should have took notes from his uncle. His great was his great uncle, his great uncle who advocated the throne. Okay, him and his wife used to throw parties and stuff like that, and they was kind of known as socialites in the area and stuff like that. They should have did that when they came. They should have ignored that shit over in London. Should have quit. You could give little, you know, you could have gave an interview much later on about your daddy and what you thought about the royals. You should have did that after your shit blew up and you was big over here in America and you was having it going on and stuff. And then y'all could talk shit about the royals a little bit, a little at a time, not too much, but just a little bit. Oh, like yes, well, I did have some problems, but you know, hey, you just it's all all of, you know, but instead they came over here and they were driving in. I didn't know. I didn't expect. I didn't look up. She, she, they were doing too much. They were talking too much shit. And they hadn't got anything out. If they just would have came over here and Megan would have did her podcast and then she would have had, you know, and put it, videotaped it and show her famous friends coming by. Oh, hey, Serena. Oh, hey, Mariah. And all these things and stuff like that. It would have went over well and not did no books, not talk about no racism in the white. You know, you could have talked about it a little, just a smidge. And it would have been nice if you would have talked about it, dropped the shit on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, like when I was in the... The, the 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 royal family and I hope you don't take offense to this. I struggled sometimes with depression, you know. That's what you could have dropped. Not on Oprah's interview. You should have dropped that shit on your podcast. A little bit here and there. Sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. Have your sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle lady sex. What's the sprinkle, sprinkle lady? I've used barn her little thing, but in a different way. You could have sprinkled some of that sh- that stuff coming up on on your podcast, but instead y'all gave away everything. He had Harry out here in a chicken coop on Oprah. I mean, he was just terrible. And it wasn't nothing else interesting about y'all. And Megan was over here trying to pretend like she don't want to be no actress still. I would put her ass to work, Harry. Get some the word. Since we over here in America, we here. Get it. Don't act. It's what you want. 
You want to be around Hollywood. Here you could have been running a big old business corporation over here. You could have been like, you know, the media company here and Megan's media company putting out movies and stuff like that. That's been quiet for a little bit. But now nah, y'all came here talking crap. <laughs> y'all didn't play it right. That's all. This is dumb. Okay? This is dumb. This is dumb. Okay? I wish y'all luck. Hopefully you did it. Y'all could have been at Essence Fest talking. Megan really don't want to go to Essence because Megan, Megan was going to try to use the black stuff, okay? And then Megan's like, well, maybe I can't play the white side. No, you can't, Megan. You know, I already told the world they was... It's prejudice, you know, the stuff was prejudice and stuff. So you came back into America and you say everybody to get with you over here, the white side to lift you up over you. Nope. Okay. And you didn't play it right. You didn't bring Oprah on your podcast and Gail and all them hanging out with you, have parties at the house with Tyler Perry and all that shit with your God kids, your God kids' father who's going to be and shit. You could, you know. Now they all asses is probably scared of y'all because they, you know, them royals is looking like that. Uh-huh. You know, we, we, you know, they might be scared to, to, to mess up with these rulers, okay? So y'all might be asked out, okay? Hopefully y'all can have a party or something. I, if I was y'all, I'd try to reinvent myself and be like the what y'all uncle and then we'll kind of be socialized and quit talking shit about the thing y'all think. Then I already told everything anyway. It is what it is. All right, hmm. What else I got to talk about in the shoot? <laughs> like, y'all. Okay. Um, I talked about uh, Russell. John Morant and another toy gun child. He's trying to show people he, he had a toy gun. By somebody sent a video at him lighting up candle. Child, Josh, just stop it, okay? Save us. I mean, this has got to be not the most smartest uh, person in the NBA. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I really wish the NBA would have just suspended him for, like, the whole season. I, I mean, it's crazy. I don't get it. I'm not going to talk about him and his toy game because, like, you know what? I just feel there's no need to do it. I just, I feel... It's just nothing. Nothing to talk about. But I will talk about these Chicago residents shares fury over city's $51 million uh, migrant package. Just a mess, okay? Uh, let's listen Fox News, okay, about uh, this Chicago. It says, after the city council approved a multi-million dollar migrant aid package, Chicago residents raised their concerns and frustrations at a meeting earlier this week. So let's take a listen. Package to illegal migrants who are illegally coming into their city. The council set aside $51 million for housing, staff, food, and other resources. Residents sounded off on that earlier this week. Take a listen. We have not gotten anything for our community. And we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Enough is enough. How dare this mayor and city council have the guts to give migrants $51 million? 
Andre Smith, the man you just saw in that video, was arrested for trespassing when he tried to block buses of migrants from entering Chicago earlier this year. He joins us now. Andre, welcome. Not easy to get arrested in Chicago these days, and yet you were arrested. Um, what did you do? And then we'll talk about what happened. You know, um, thank you for uh, the opportunity to defend the residents of the city of Chicago. I'm 55 years old, and I waited 55 years to get arrested by stopping a bunch of migrants to go into a school that the taxpayers paid for. Mm. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, again, you're no liberal. I mean, no, no conservative. You're a liberal, and yet you're calling for the end of sanctuary cities. Explain what you want your uh, city officials to do regarding that. Well, um, we have in Chicago uh, $160 million that was spent for the migrants with no records, no plan. And now we're going to spend $51 million um, that was passed at city council with no record, no plan for 500 migrants for 30 days. That's unheard of. Never um, have it been done before. 500 migrants, $51 million, no plan of execution. Um, so I'm calling for a forensic audit. I'm calling for a sanctuary hold on this city. I'm calling for the mayor to do a freeze on what we call a sanctuary disaster. Uh, well, don't get it, do they? Black Americans, you don't get it. You have been used. You have been used up. Your vote, your everything. When we tried to warn people, it's black people that have been trying to tell you, hold your court, make the Democrats promise you something, but y'all wouldn't listen. Now, we're not hearing droves and folders for old crazy Joe who don't know where he at half the time. You know, somebody's running the show, but it ain't Joe, okay? And y'all, uh, now y'all upset because what are they doing? They bringing in the new voters. They replacing you. Chicago is a hot-ass mess, especially in the black community. The black community could have used $156 million. Every day is shooting going on, is killings going on and everything, and they willing to spend money on non-citizenship, non-citizens who they don't have no record. They don't know where they coming from. They don't know what they did in any other countries. They don't know nothing about nobody. They don't know nothing about this. They will spend their money on them. To give the citizens of Chicago who have been in those cities for a long time, help build those cities up, pay their taxpayer money to those cities and everything, and they got to live in a crime-ridden city while you bring in replacements? Black people, this is what's happening. This is why you got to stop the madness, okay? You got to quit looking for politicians to be your freaking friends. They ain't got to be your friends. They can even be racist. I don't even care. I'd be like, just as long as you're going to get this done, what we need to get done. So I assume they all racist, okay? So I don't have, there ain't no friends in politics. The thing is, what you going to get done that we need to get done, okay? Now y'all up here begging, we're going to try to do this, but, but the, the, the takeover has already started happening. And it's not just Chicago. It's places all over the country. Hey, 
And black people, you are partly responsible because you voted for a party who don't who want new voters and want to replace you because you become more difficult over time. You really start asking, you starting to ask for some real ish, and they like, well, we don't want to give it to you. We so used to giving you symbolism, you know, like Juneteenth and stuff like that. Y'all asking for real stuff now. Y'all asking for us to build up your community. You, y'all asking for some reparations and stuff. What? You can't give y'all no reparations. Y'all asking for real stuff now. It's time for y'all to be replaced. <laughs> oh my God, Blackie. Can you see the writing on the wall? Black Americans might be done for. Okay. We just do some dumb stuff. We just do some dumb stuff sometimes. Okay. And one of the dumb things we did was voting on Joe Biden. Well, y'all did. Uh, Abbott signs a bill into, this is from the Hill.com, to bar diversity, equity, and inclusion offices from Texas colleges, okay? It says, Texas Greg Abbott has signed the bill into law barring diversity, equity, and inclusion offices from public colleges in the state. Abbott signed the legislation Wednesday after both chamber of the state legislature approved it late last month. His signature makes Texas the second state to ban such offices at publicly funded universities joining Florida. The law will recover that governing boards for these colleges not create or maintain an office of diversity, equity, and inclusion, hire and assign an employee or a contract, or contract a third party to perform duties of such an office, or compel, require, induce, or solicit any person to provide diversity, equity, and inclusion statement, or give preferential treatment to anyone based on per- uh, providing such a state, statement. It also bans public universities from giving preference to an applicant for employee, employment, employee, an employee or a participant in any college function based on race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin, and from requiring that anyone participate in diversity, equity, and inclusion training. The law notes that prohib, pro, prohibitions uh, should not be con, uh, construed to apply uh, to academic course instruction style research or creative work from a student, faculty member, or other personal personnel or registered student organization activity, guest speakers, and student recruitment and admissions. Um, let me just say this, okay? Uh, a lot of times when people hear diversity, uh, average directed state agencies in February to stop considering diversity in hiring practices, arguing that it is illegal. Okay. Now, Greg Abbott and the dude DeSantis gets away with a lot of this stuff about getting rid of diversity laws and stuff like that because what has happened is a lot of people are riding off of the civil rights movement and black America. And this isn't to diss people about uh, sexuality and all that kind of stuff and everything like that, but it's just that so many things have been attached to the ideas of diversity. Black American, the black American civil rights struggle is no longer just that anymore. It's carrying a lot of things. Immigrants, uh, it's carrying uh, sexuality, it's carrying all these things. And the black American race factor is up at the forefront but it's never really the issue. It ne- That issue never gets looked at. Instead, it starts to be uh, all these other issues coming up to the forefront 
and black Americans just carry the mantle because of America's history with race and towards black people in America. So it's easy to put our causes. Some people say, you know, it's easy for certain groups to put their causes behind the black American cause because black Americans, black Americans have such a strong um, um, history of discrimination and stuff like that. We we need to use that, but what often happens is Black Americans end up getting left behind, and uh, uh, we end up being attached to a bunch of other stuff. And that way, we can't target a Greg Abbott or DeSantis as being racist with Black Americans because they can always say, "Well, hey, you got uh, talking about transgenders going to the restrooms with." Uh, 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 other women and all that stuff. We don't want all that. Uh, we got diversity training for talking about this and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it's not just y'all talking about uh, race and discrimination. So we can't get them on, on our needs and stuff because it's a whole bunch of other stuff attached to it, okay? I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's what we have to look at when why these people, these the certain governors, are able to get through, get away with these things because it's all the other things that are attached on that have attached onto the Black American movement in the United States. Okay, it's no longer just about racial injustice; become a whole hodgepodge of okay that Black Americans are carrying, and Black Americans end up getting lost in the shuffle. So that's just my personal opinion on that, and I probably talk more about that when we can get more into my feelings on that um, later on. But this is just very interesting. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Jeezy. This is Jeezy was talking about. I got it up here with Jeezy. Was, this man was talking about he was eating Subway sandwiches for the last several years. Let me see, child. Do I got it up here? We got a few minutes. Uh, let's see. I got it up here. Okay. I have it here. I think I have it. Okay. Jeezy, uh, this is on HollywoodUnlocked.com. He said uh, Jeezy was spending $2, and said he was spending $2 on Subway every day, and that's uh, how uh, he saved money. Okay. Child. Okay, this is a dude who was calling himself the snowman and hanging with BMF. And talking about, like, asking that he's a dealer, okay? He said he was eating $2.07. So, I was okay, okay, y'all. See, this is why I'm telling y'all a lot of this stuff. These rappers be talking about is fake shit. So, let's hear him uh, spend this meal, okay? It's crazy. Somebody out here eating subway sandwich. I walked to Subway and got me a $2 meal, and that's the only money I spent. Every day, two dollars. I got a drink, a cookie, a bag of chips, and six and stuff. And that's what I ate every day for two years. And I say all my money, so I was able to line up and get what I really was trying to do. And that's when I took my game to the next level. Every day for almost two and a half, three years, I walked the subway and got me a two dollar meal, and that's the only money I spent every day. Two dollars. I got a cookie. So okay. He was calling himself the snowman, the cocoa man, and all this stuff. I thought, you know, and, and hanging around BMF, and he wanted me to believe he was running around buying himself $2 Subway sandwiches. 
these Negroes is it's just like somebody I heard last week said something stupid too. Ocho Cinco talking about how he lived two years at the uh I was like, I ain't never heard that story before. Are you Negroes? I don't know what y'all are making up stories. He's talking about he lived two years at the uh stadium when he was a football player. I'm like, that's not cheap. That I mean that's not say, you know, just being frugal, that's just mental illness. Why would you say they carrying you millions of dollars? Why would you damn stay at the uh stadium? Crazy ass. Get you a place. You people paying you millions of dollars. You can't buy no house or buy no stuff. But I stay. That's what he said. He said he stayed at the stadium. I don't believe that bullshit, but that's what he said, okay? And I don't believe him, Cocoa Man, with a Cocoa Snowman on his uh, shirt, talking about he then and hanging around BMS and shit, talking about he was going buying $2 sub sandwiches. That's how he started staking up his money. Big bro, shut up. All these lies people telling me. Where are these people out here telling these stories? And I ain't never known a Subway sandwich, even in the 90s, that cost $2. See, y'all remind me. I, they was costing back then $4, 4 or $5 for a combo, $6. I know what he was going to, $2. Just lies. Hey, it's my, just, just quite a lot of opinions. That they lies, okay? I just don't believe it. I don't believe you, snowman. Just no coke. Ain't snow for the coke cocaine dealer. You was hanging with being. Wasn't he the one hanging with BMS? Okay, we gonna end this one. We gotta talk about this one now. There was this. I watched this young lady real talk with Yanni. On uh, she comes on uh, YouTube, and this week she was talking about Jackie O. And she was talking about, uh, um, you know, the pressures for women to have BBLs. And she had this particular part on, and I want to play a little bit of it. Uh, and uh, she's on YouTube. Y'all can see the whole show on YouTube, Real Talk with Annie. But I'm going to play a little bit of it to talk about this particular subject. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. But y'all need to be honest about that. Go under the knife unnecessarily. It, it, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. And you ain't married her yet. You don't give a shit about her. You don't care about the kids. I do not. What man? Mm-hmm. Look, I didn't say that. Listen, bro. Listen, bro. On everything I love, what nigga gonna let his kids' mama go under the knife unnecessarily? Surgery is a serious issue. What if he? My wife, my wife had a minor surgery, bro. Very minor, very minor. I was stressed the fuck out. Like, are you sure they gotta do this? Can they give you pills? Can they? It's like when it's your wife and you thinking about your kids and you thinking about is something happened. You know she ain't going to the doctor like she's supposed to because she had an underlying heart condition mm-hmm. that a regular, you know, they know it. They know it. You got to know it. Yeah. You now are like, ladies, he said your body is taking hits. Men don't want to acknowledge that. But they want us to acknowledge how they supposed to put their body on the line to protect us. Okay, well, you want us to put our bodies on the line to produce these children. So my body's taking hits. Your body may never a hit. Like, let's be for real. Your body may never take a hit. It may, but it may never. So, let's be for real here. But, listen,
of that. It takes a lot out of you. So it should be a privilege for a man to get a baby. It shouldn't just be a, oh, it's whatever. No, it's not whatever. It's not whatever. You should never put your life on the line to give a man kids and he hasn't done right by you. He has to do right by you first. He has to show you that he's worth doing that for. Because not every man out here is worth doing that for. Okay. Now, the show she had on, she had on the Viral Way podcast. She was playing in the background with the man talking. And this is Real Talk with Danny. Y'all can see the whole show about Jackie O, Lace Rest. And she get, kind of really gave her breakdown after the funeral and stuff like this. But I thought it was interesting because the man was talking about, he was saying, you know, basically he was kind of criticizing, uh, uh, what's his name? What's the man's name? Uh, the comedian that she was dating or whatever and saying, you know, like, you know, women be out here getting their bodies done for these dudes because they, they worried about these dudes being on the road scoring other chicks and stuff like that. And, you know, and she's, and she's just, she was just breaking down how it is real pressure for women. I really loved her show was really good. She was saying how it's real pressure for women to trying to look their best and trying to be their best and everything, trying to keep these men and stuff like that. But also because they have given birth to men who basically she was saying in a nice way are not your spouses. Okay. And it, it creates a situation where you just having to run and, and, and get work done and stuff because you're trying to keep up with this Negro and all this stuff. And, it, it, you know, I'm not saying that's what was going on with Jackie O, but I found the conversation rather interesting. And I love the way she talks about it and hits it. Y'all need to check her out. Real Talk with Yanny. She does a really good job of hitting that subject. And I thought it was really good what she had to say about the pressures for women um, and older and younger to keep up, to look good, to uh, lose weight, to um, uh, uh, to to be perfect, you know. And we, she was even talking about your boobies, you know. People, she said a great thing on it. She was talking about, you know, if people be, you know, wanting, you know, she said, uh, you know, perky boobies and stuff for people to, to these all these women, you know, going to get work and stuff. And she said, real boobs don't do that. <laughs> If you got real big boobs in real life, let me tell you, okay, I got real big, <laughs> I got nice boobs, but they, they, you know, they don't sit. I'm, plus, I'm, I'm, I'm an older woman, okay, so they don't sit pretty. They never did though, because I got real boobs. <laughs> okay, they always been a little, cause they big. <laughs> so unless you go get a list or something like that, she was just talking about this pressure to be, uh, uh, uh perfect into looking and stuff and I just thought her show was really good and the subject was really she did the subject really good and tasteful she talked about men women uh not just giving away children out here and really perceiving I mean it's the children are supposed to be even exchange in a certain situation an exchange when it comes if you not everybody who's married has children but that sometimes in most cases, sometimes people have children through marriage, okay? And that's the So she has a really good interest. She's not just talking about marriage, but she's just having a great conversation uh, about that whole thing. And y'all check her out. I thought the show was really interesting and really good. Shout out to her, Real Talk with Nanny, okay? I, you know, I don't know her or nothing like that, so I'm just telling y'all it's a, it was a good show, okay? All right, child. Okay, what else is what's our last story gonna be now? I think it's gonna be our last one for tonight. Um 
Okay, Marcus, who's having a podcast? Taylor, I don't know if you want to talk about Taylor Swift's daddy making money out that catalog that Taylor Swift. Remember Taylor Swift was doing all that crying about the catalog, talking about she's going to remake funds and stuff like that? Well, come to find out, they think that Taylor Swift, people allegedly might think that she may have known about the catalog because her father, they said, made a made $15 million in uh, allegedly off the music catalog sale to Scooter Braun. So people are saying, hey, you know, Taylor Swift's career, in my opinion, and this is no offense to Taylor. I like Taylor. I know y'all switch these about these mad at me. But part of Taylor Swift's ascent, I mean, she was already starting to get big. Part of her ascent was the victimization of her, what what happened with Kanye. And ever since then, she, she, she went through the roof, okay? And so... It wasn't surprising to me that she even took on the victimization role of I'm doing I get done wrong out here playing my catalog, I'm gonna remake my songs all over and all this stuff. But come to find out, allegedly her daddy's out here making money. Now they said Taylor Swift's dad had no knowledge prior to making fifteen million in her catalog sale. Okay. Taylor Swift's music catalog sale, this is from E T News. Is the spotlight once again at the music business worldwide publisher report claiming that Taylor's dad, Scott Swift, made $15 million on the highest publicized sale of her music catalog to Scooter Braun. A source tells ET that the elder Swift was unaware of the planned action despite any profit he made from it. Mm-hmm. A source close to the negotiation tells ET that the drama began 48 hours before Scooter's purchase of Scott Brachada's Big Machine label group was made public in 2019. The source notes that since Scott Burchetta controlled 90% of the stock, the sale, which reportedly rang in at $300 million, was a foregone conclusion. The source tells E.T. that Taylor's dad didn't have knowledge of the deal before it happened and intentionally skipped a private NBA phone call about a potential deal so that he didn't have to withhold anything from Taylor. Taylor reps reiterate as much, telling E.T. there was a shareholder... Uh, um, phone call that Scott did not participate in due to very strict NDA that bound all shareholders from prohibiting any discussion at all without risk of severe penalty. Her dad did not join the call because he did not want to be required to withhold any information from his own daughter, okay? Since the news of the deal broke, Taylor has blasphemy claiming that she wasn't told about Scooter's purchase before it became public and was never given a chance to buy her music, an allegation that Scott Prichetta has denied. Taylor has long stuck to her story, Okay. Um, uh, and though, and now her reptile E.T. Taylor found out from the news articles that, uh, when she woke up before seeing any text from Scott Bouchetta and he did not call her in advance. Uh, in the wake of the drama, Taylor announced that she would record her first six albums in an effort to own her own music. She essentially released Taylor's version of Fearless and Red and is set to put out the version of Speak Now on July 7th. Okay, so I don't believe you. I believe you. I believe, I'm going to just tell y'all, you know, just just my personal opinion, okay? I don't know if I believe that. I believe they kind of have some knowledge of what was getting ready to go down. Maybe she couldn't afford to buy her music at that time. Maybe that's the real truth down these streets, okay? I don't know. I know I just don't believe it, okay? That's all I got to say about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is just an interesting thing to me. So, I, you know, y'all know how I am about out here about that. I, just, I don't know. It's a lot of stuff with that, okay? 
So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, interesting father made a lot of money, okay? Did he get the money back? Is he mad? No, probably not. I guess he said, I'm going to make some money off of it. So, uh, what do you think I'm supposed to do? But, yeah, interesting, okay? Um, I thought that was going to be our last story, but it, it's just the last one. I think we only got a few minutes left. Okay, what are we talking about real quick? Um, okay. So I may I may try to come on and do a second show this week, y'all. I don't know. I've been trying to go into the new platform and practice on it and get used to it. It is a different platform. I'm still going to be doing blog talk, but it's another platform I'm trying to get used to. And when I'm ready to do the first show, it's probably going to be scraggly. But y'all, y'all have fun with it. It'll be good, and hopefully y'all like it and enjoy it. Uh, when I'm ready to do it, it has not happened. I haven't done it yet because I'm just still trying to figure out all the stuff that goes on on this platform, okay? Because it's very different from me. And so, uh, yeah, just pray for me and hope I get it done, okay? Because y'all know I got so much going on. Yeah, okay? I just got wrapped up my little trip to Vegas. I was like, child, okay, it's a lot. That's all I can do this summer. I mean, maybe I'll do some more. Who knows? You know, I might, I might go take, catch, catch another show from somebody else. I don't know. But, yeah, okay. So I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm trying to get, you know, merge my little trip to Vegas, you know, because it's my little annual Maxwell trip. Not doing meet and greet. Let me tell y'all why I'm not. Okay, I might change my mind about meet and greet. I have not decided yet, but I cannot do meet and greet when I see classic. You know, because I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I know. I don't know. I, that classic made me mad the last time. So, I I mean, I was nice about it. He was nice and everything. But I was, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to be spending all that kind of money. And I'll be seeing classic. I'll be like, I, this time I'll be like, I don't know how, you know. I'll just be like, rather just go see the child. I don't think, girl, I, mean, I ain't paying for no more plastic. I ain't paying for plastic. I ain't doing it. No more. Ain't no more plastic happening for me, okay? Meet and greet. Somebody asked me, do I do a meet and greet for, for Beyonce? No. Hell, y'all crazy. Y'all think I'm going to pay some money. Fifteen. What's Beyonce's meet and greet? About $3,000 or something? I don't even know. Does she still do it? Child, ain't no way in hell. I'd be a meet and greet for Beyonce, okay? On that note, y'all, we are at the end of the show. Listen, I hope y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week, rest of y'all week. I hope y'all enjoyed y'all doing tea. We leave it out of here with one of my favorites, old school, after the party, Cassie Brown. I will see y'all. Have a good one. Bye. And you don't stop. Keep, keep it on. Keep it on. Keep, keep it on. You don't stop. Keep, keep it on. Keep, keep it on.
sound of my voice. You are listening to the Archive Show. Hey, thank y'all so much, Archive archive listeners, for hanging out with me like you do every week. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't know. Really, seriously, I do. I really do. Thank y'all for support. Thank y'all for listening to the show. Uh, And I hope y'all be excited about Hopefully, whenever I get together the new platform, I, I just, I, I've been asking for it for a minute, so we, hopefully it, <laughs> it goes well, okay? All right, so remember, you can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, okay? And you can also hit me up on Twitter on Carlotta72. That's just a, a channel I have, a second channel I have, but it's the main one, the Chatwood Show channel. You can also hit me up on uh, Instagram at Carly under galaxy okay all right you guys and yes i do answer most of the times not all the time okay i will answer your if you dm me uh if any stuff i do answer the dms i do answer uh yeah not you know not to be talking foolish but i will answer you know dm questions about the show or if you got questions about it or something like that definitely you can you're you're welcome to hit me up some of y'all just hit me up sometime on facebook on the facebook page to say hello. I mean, I had um, a person the other week hit me up and they was telling me they you ready to do a show and podcast and they asked me my advice about stuff and everything like that. It's very cool, mad cool. A couple few weeks ago. Mad cool, stuff like that. So y'all hit me up. Y'all be hitting me up with all kind of stuff. So I appreciate it. Okay? So you feel free. As long as it's not so sweet or something, you know, feel free to, if you have questions about the show or just, you know, questions in general, you can do it on Instagram or you can do it on the Facebook page, okay? All right, y'all. I am out. Let's leave out with you, Mary Clyde, one of my favorite songs. Child, we live in the new, new kind of times, okay? Too young to die. I'm out. See y'all. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.